This is Tom King, co-writer of Grayson from DC Comics. And I just want to say, I love 11 o'clock comics, but not as much as I love Dick. Once I was seven years old You'll be crying I'll be weeping Next week doesn't exist Until this week Tomorrow will be Come on, ride the train And ride it in I threw a few things in the, in the suitcase already I can't put It's my whole Dap, we're going to do no reading because on the plane we only have two and a half hours and we need to get our drink on. Because yes, drink. Oh, that's fine. Wait, what do you mean? We're not going to do any reading in the room either? Oh, that's a. Oh. I'll be watching. Uh, we might be conversating and socializing. Who's in the corner reading? You going to bring some Matt? I don't think so. Because just uh, be you Rowan. Yeah, no, Rowan. I'll bring some Matt. I got oh, right. School your ass. You said that last time, my kids be yeah, because they had like 12 planes blockers <laughs> today. I, I don't roll that shit. Savvy investors. Yeah, it's true. I got my planes blocker. All right. By the way, dude. Go ahead. Do 12. Cheers. Oh, it is. Yeah. Indigo? Forget it. I thought that was all right. What? Yes. I thought it was pretty good. Well, it's, I mean, it's not like they made it up. It's from the comics. Right. Yeah. But a oh, hot good. female brainiac? I'm all about it. And what, oh, was, and what was neat is that it was... It, she was, was super nice, cool. Yeah, it was a throwback. So, I mean, that was... And this week's episode, last night's episode, had another throwback, which I won't say anything about it. It was... The best part of that episode, episode though? Strong. The best part of that episode was... No, the, not that one, but the one before it. Right. With the bounty hunter. Yeah. When they're like, wait, do you think it's... And he's like, no, we would know if that was if it was him in town. Meaning, like, Lobo. They made the little... The little <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was awesome. I, I swear to God, Lobo ever shows up, you'll hear me from Best your house ever. Best show ever right There's, Best as long as it's ever. not the new lobo there are a few Wait, things in life lobo? that i'm confused about by you vince like i feel like i've got a good handle on who you are as my friend and like motivates you yeah. but your dislike for animated gifts really frustrates <laughs> it does. i don't I, I seriously don't even want to talk really, about it I, I, don't they, I just don't yeah. understand it. it's so Why hilarious like right. someone would be something like say something random like balls in your jaws and five people so, have gifts that are relevant to that that's awesome yeah that's not no, us. It's so good. Because it just, it's something that well, added to the feeling that you have at the moment. It just exactly. isn't, I'm going to have this. You could do that with words. There's so yeah. you people can't. involved in this group chat no. and nine of them think it's hilarious. If you say, if you say, I, I understood that reference. Okay. Yeah. That's a funny conversation. But if you actually show a gif of Captain America in the helicarrier going, I understood that reference. It's funny. It's topical. You all get the reference and, and the tone of how you're saying it. It just, it works, dude. Gifts actually serve a purpose. It's not like it's not like emojis or 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 the the freaky little emoticons that that look like people. Gifts serve a purpose. They're forced downloads. No. Is what no. they are. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I have it. it. If I if I could press a button and say, "Do not send yeah, me mute, yeah. animated gifts ever." Oh man, it'd, it'd be a good day. Hurt my heart. Folks, you're hearing right. it first. This is the beginning of the end of 11 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Animated gifts broke us yep. up. It's going to happen. Well, strange things have happened. 
Oh my God. You know what else is strange? We are. Because it's 11 o'clock comics, episode 412. Damn. And I am Vince. I hate animated gifts. B. I am David A. Love them gifts. Price. And I am from the Russia. I like the gifts too. I am the Crimson Dynamo. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Not a threat. No, you're not. The Crimson Dynamo. You're Jason Wood. Well, that's my alter ego. It's not true, though. Eh, we'll see. No. You have any Russian in you? Uh, I've been in some Russian. Hey. I have any in you, and I'm not talking Deadpool style. No, no. I don't either. Imagine if you saw that movie. Imagine. Imagine. Earth my heart that you've seen that movie. Seriously. Like... I just sit around the house eating grapes all day. I, I wonder sometimes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and you don't have to be chastised by your friends to get oh, absolute low prices on your, no, on your favorite funny books and collectibles. All you gots to do is go where, Dap? DCBService.com. Discount comic, it's not. Discount comic book service. DCBService.com, just like Dap says, where you, your friends, your family, everybody you know can get the absolute lowest prices on your favorite funny books and collectibles, such as the list of specials is up, as we said last week, and they are awesome. From DC, pimping a DC book. Jeff Parker, putting the words together. Evan Shaner, we know, we know him as Doc. Wrong. Making the marks on the paper. It's Future Quest number one. Yes. Yes, we got Space Ghost. Cannot wait. A bunch of other Hanna-Barbera characters. The Herculoids. That kid who runs around with Bandit, the dog. Um, it, it's it's going to be great. It's going to be hot. So if you don't order, chances are pretty good you're going to have to opt for a second or third printing. So get on this now. Three ninety nine cover price. Which is more I like to, than I like to pay. But with DCB service, you don't even have to, that's not even a consideration. 399 cover price. Cause this is half off. Like boys pants. It's a dollar 99. From the good folks at Valiant, it's, uh, Matt Kent, Clayton Crane, Ride Deluxe Hardcover Volume 1, first 12 issues, all under hard covers. And the uh, price is not bad for this. 39.99. Not bad at all for a hardcover of this size, but you're not going to pay that. You're paying half that. $19.99 can make this yours. And last, <laughs> but certainly not least, from Titan Comics, it's Tank Girl. Two girls, one tank. Best title ever. It's pretty close. Written by Alan Martin, of course. Artist is Brett Parsons. Black Frog did the cover art. $3.99 cover price. Your price? Now, this is not a big two book, so a 45% discount is amazing on this book. And you are bringing it home for $2.19. Never going to find it cheaper anywhere else. DCBService.com. They are the absolute best. That's why they're our sponsor. Because we, we won't have second fiddles. That is true. Very yeah. true. What are we drinking, my friends? Well, I'm going to be Jason. Well, I'm preparing for this, this trip, so I'm just drinking water. Wow, there's a lot of animosity there. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I'm a little worried about I Thursday mean, now. <laughs> I, if it wasn't for 
to happen by prodding, <laughs> you would be depriving yourself of four days of, of wonderful bliss. It's not true. You have no idea how this four, this four days will be impacting me. On positive side, I get to be with all my friends. On the negative side, it's probably going to set me back two weeks in terms of workload. Well, we're but not going to okay. begin to think about that until the flight home on Sunday, though, right? right. Truth, truth. But so, did you didn't like the impression? No, I didn't. Number one, my voice isn't that deep. Number two, I don't have a southern accent. Um, you, you, that was like Paula Dean. Yeah, I know that was like that was like Paula Dean meets uh, Smoking the Bandit. But um, I am drinking. Close de los siete, if you must know. Uh, and I'm drinking That's copious amounts of it. Nice. Did you didn't like the inaggregate part? <laughs> well, that was good. But you I spoke in a way like that suggested I was from like oh, some hick town like like hick state like West Virginia. Love you, Mario. I was gonna go the, the John Houseman route, but I thought that would be too. I uh I asked the uh I asked Sterling Liquors if um if if they had any, and he ha- he's like he's like oh that was big like ten years ago right and I'm like I just it, my friend drinks it I'd love to try it and and he's like no let me yeah let me see if um let me see what the distributor has so next time we go next week I might actually I'll ask him about it maybe he'll have some and um and I'll I'll be able to try that but uh, what are you drinking Vince? Wow, um. The Grand Vines. Uh, it's Cabernet Sauvignon. Wow. For, uh, this is the last of the Woodbridge. All gone. No more. So I, I will actually have to make, because I don't like white all that much. That I does, did. You're... No, but see, I did. Li- this is the thing. Oh, white wine is, I was, is pissful. Unless you're you're eating shrimp, you don't drink white wine. <laughs> shrimp. So, shrimp gumbo, <laughs> shrimp creole. Unless you're my kids. Shrimp bubba gum. Shrimp and white wine. So, um, I, I, I used to like the white or pink or blush, you know what I mean? But now I'm just like, no, I was like, nah, son, I don't want that anymore. I want the red. There's only I'm all one grown up. And it's red. Unless you're eating shrimp. Hmm. <laughs> even, even when I make shrimp sockeye salmon, it's still, it's red wine for me. Shrimp cake. <laughs> <laughs> best, best part about that was the the sticky gums at the end cake. <laughs> oh, I um, I found there's a um, we had company over on Saturday night, so we had to make a quick run to the closer have shrimp toast liquor store. We do not have shrimp actually. Um, I made some awesome pork loin though. So I finally um, found another bottle. Of Redwood Creek. This is their rich red blend. And it is, uh, it doesn't, you know, it does not break down, um, the, uh, the variety. All it says is that a rich blend showcasing flavors of ripe blackberry, pepper, and a hint of dark chocolate. I like it. You love the hint of chocolate, don't you, Dad? I do. I do. I like it wherever I can. But this is, uh, on their, on their, uh, little, um, meter, it goes from soft and light body to rich and full bodied. And from softest to richest, we have red Moscato, Pinot Noir, Merlot, Malbec, the rich red blend, and then finally, my favorite Cabernet Sauvignon. 
No. So I do like I, I, I do like me the uh the Redwood Creek. I really have not had a problem with them ever. So sweet. Yeah. Excellent. Love it. So we are when our listeners are hearing this, we are one day away from returning to the Windy City. It's amazing. Oof. It 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 seems incredulous. It seems like it's not going to happen. We took three years off, right? Because the last two years yeah. were heroes, and the year yep. before it seems that we did longer than that. It does. Yeah. I thought it was like four, but no, this would have been four if we missed this. Yes, that's insane. Incredible. We got our posse on Broadway. Going to be all staying together on Moss, flipping animated gifts at each other instead Watching of talking. Watching Daredevil while texting great. animated gifts at our excitement over the episodes. <laughs> Are we really going to do that Friday with the Daredevil? Well, it's it's yeah. on at three in the well, morning. Friday we'll night see. is the party the EOC gets yeah. together. So, yeah. Oh, I can see we're going to remember a lot of Daredevil then. Yeah, yeah. Probably. But not. again, for all you folks that are in that area and you're going to be at the show, please do. If you see us, say hello. And uh, for anybody who has to, service at the McCormick, um, the uh, I was told the service at McCormick is much better than it used to be. Excellent. My Android could pull it down. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Well. yeah. But the rest of us will actually be able to fucking iMessage each other, Vince. So good call I on that Android. That. Oh, because I don't use the app. No, because you I don't can, have that uh, OS. You don't get though. iMessage is through Wi-Fi to other iDevices. But it, it's, it's all good. You, you'll be close to one of us. So we'll be able to tell you what the other is saying. You put your jack boots on and step in line with everybody. Oh, you're like my brother. Uh, now there is Saturday. There's a pilgrimage. I don't know if you guys are going. I hope you are. Saturday afternoon, we can go to Quimby's. Oh, it's, a thing. it's a thing. Yeah, you, Zach, Ben, you've always gone. Wing and Will and Will. I'll Sorry, don't forget. We've never Will. Been Wait, when, are we doing, uh, when are we doing Phil? Like, we doing Phil on Friday? What's Phil? Yeah, Phil Phil's Friday, Phil Brooke, and uh, and we have to CM Punk, bro, and we have to. Um, Oh. Wait, uh, wait, what? Don't even. That's cool. It is cool. Wait, don't you're even. not going to take a picture with us to see him. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, okay, I'll do that if we get in the picture with Supergirl. That's what I'm That's working on. I, listen, I paid for the punk thing. It's all set. Well, you got to pay for it? Yes. To get a picture with somebody? It's that, other, it's that other area on the other side of the con where everybody's standing waiting. Oh, my God. You... How much? Oh, I don't want to know. It doesn't matter how much. It's I, I think it'll be fun. Each for each of us have a. We're each going to get a copy, physical copy. We're going to get a, a, a digital file so we can put it on the website and have a GIF. It's going to be great. I'm going to make an animated GIF of that. Oh, awesome! <laughs> Icing. No, it's great. I can't wait to meet him. He's a nice. He seems like a nice can't guy. Wait to meet him. He's going to be our new fourth chair. That would be fantastic. It's true. We might get like an extra hundred listeners. Maybe. Right? I don't think we can get any higher than we already are. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So, anyone got any thank yous? No. Uh, no. Quick shout out to our man Pat Loika, because we were all, we yeah. all recorded with him, uh, what, like a month ago maybe? Seems, yeah, it seems like that. Because Pat is wrapping up his, his podcast, which has run almost as long as ours, I think. And, uh, the episode, which is part one of two goodbye episodes uh, aired this week, Loikamania. So yes, as Pat makes his way around the room and and has a few words with the friends he's made over the years. Yep, that's Pat though. I mean, every time uh, I've encountered him at a con, he always makes a point of like 
stopping by to see you before, like if he knows when you're leaving, right. Pat will be there before you go. That's true. It's true. It, and I'm, you know, I'm not bullshitting at all. I mean, I'm, I, there's no need to butter the guy up. I mean, yeah, he's our friend, but I'm not talking, uh, you know, out of turn. He, he's just that good of a person. It's very true. Yeah. All right. We got to talk some comics. We do. Cause the truth Why is an unacceptable percentage of our listenership is not going to be in Chicago with us this weekend. So we want to give yes. them something to, uh, to, to tide them over while we're comicking in person. Why don't you start it off, just in case you get tired again and you decide to fall asleep? So at least you'll have your your thing. I'm going to do that. I had the great pleasure of catching up and finishing the first arc of The Beauty, because I knew that uh, we were going to see our man Jeremy Hahn at the show. Yes. And The Beauty is by Image Comics, and it is written and drawn by our buddy Jeremy, uh, and co-written by Jason Hurley. Who will also be there. Yes. We discussed... I know we discussed at least the first issue. I think we maybe we discussed the second one as well. We've we we went in depth on the first, and I know that there were a couple of issues that may have been uh, my in your travels. But yeah, yes, right. So this is the the arc racked up the the trade paperback come came out today, as you're listening to this, and it does encapsulate the first six issues of the series. And for those that maybe uh, are new to the show and don't remember our prior discussions, it is. Um, Modern times, in essence, we are introduced to a detect, uh, detectives, Vaughn and Foster. And it's a world where there's a new disease that's been titled the beauty. And because it's a sexually transmitted disease, but um, unlike most diseases that have really horrible side effects, when you get the beauty, you become beautiful. Your metabolism speeds up. You're more impervious to disease and injury. All of your fat melts away. Your muscles grow. Your features smooth out. You lose any scars acne, whatever, you become beautiful, like the physical, perfect physical embodiment of, of what you might otherwise be. Um, so as you might expect, this is a sexually transmitted disease where people have actively pursued getting it uh, versus avoiding it, even though it's a disease. But we're brought into the equation where suddenly people are dying from the disease. They're essentially spontaneously combusting. And in its own way, this is very reminiscent to me of a series that I know you all are equally big fans of, Strike Force Moratori. Yes. Where Seriously. people got they, they they went through genetic manipulation and it gave them superpowers to help fight a, a war. They understood though that the superpowers were transient and that eventually they would run out and they would die, but they were willing to do it for their for the cause. Now, people that are getting the beauty don't know that they're going to die eventually, but it becomes quite clear in the early goings of the arc that this is in fact a, a, a side effect that you're, you have only so long to, to live. Like 800 or some odd days, I think, is the average lifespan per, once you get it. Um, and so what start, starts off in that first issue of a pretty neat kind of sci-fi Twilight Zone conceit turns into a hell of a fun action-packed conspiracy uh, adventure over the course of the arc. Um, it ties into big pharma and, you know, is there a cure? Is the cure being held back for profit? Are they trying to prolong your life versus cure it, even though they could cure it? Who's involved in the conspiracy? Why are they, why are they trying to hide it? Um, there are uh, government agencies involved. There are, off the books covert assassin teams that may or may not be working for the government or the pharmaceutical companies. 
Um, and our protagonists, these two detectives, are at the heart of this and are getting pulled deeper and deeper into this giant conspiracy. Um, all I can say is it's unbelievably well done. It, uh, I mean, the first issue was terrific, and it left us on a great cliffhanger. But the book really does, over the course of those six issues, evolve nicely into a much deeper, broader, wider scope storyline where where it isn't just the one thing you think it is in the first yeah. issue, but becomes a much a much more nuanced and engaging tapestry. It goes well beyond the elevator pitch. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's really well said. And so um, I just think it's an absolute home run. And it's 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 an, it's one of the the last vintage of image books that came out this year that I hope is getting the recognition it deserves. I feel like it hasn't had the buzz of some of the other books and it certainly is not because it doesn't deserve it. So to whatever extent people are waiting for the trade, as I know many people do, I can't recommend that you go ahead and get the trade this week if you haven't already pre-ordered it uh, because it's well worth it. And um, I've, and I know I speak for David and Vince as well. I've always been a fan of Jeremy's work and I have a few pieces from him, but I can say maybe because it's his own pet project or whatever, whatever have you, he has never looked better. That's true. Um, Yeah, no. You know, and, and, and for the most part, because this is a story about regular people, right? I mean, it's not like a, there's, there's not like grand science fiction or space or superheroes. It's, it's basically normal people. You know, the book could be like under the wrong hands, could be a, a relatively visually unengaging work. Right. Cause it's just normal people talking or, or, you know, running or getting chased and, and Jeremy does it right. I mean, he picks really smart panel layouts and, uh, it, it just, again, it, it feels action packed. It feels suspenseful. You can sense the danger when they're, when they're having conflicts. So I just, uh, I can't credit him and his, his co-writing partner enough for, for an awesome start to a book that, you know, we've known about for a couple of years now because Jeremy told us about it when he was conceptualizing it. And, uh, I just, I wish him all the success in the world because this is, uh, definitely his best work. And uh, I can't wait for the second arc to start in a, a month or two. It, uh, it, it feels like an FX show. Yeah. It just, yeah. It, mm-hmm. it, it, there is, and I mean, and, and he's done, we've seen Jeremy do the superhero stuff. He's done battle him. He did that, uh, that, that Civil War one shot with, where, where there was Captain America and Iron Man basically not having a conversation, but it, it was from their point of view. Um, and he's done, he's done Batgirl, Batwoman, sorry. He's, he's, uh, this though just yeah there's there's a lot to love with this and and it definitely because of his love for it uh it 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 definitely comes through i mean until he gets his moon knight gig uh i am quite happy to uh to be reading the beauty and yes it it is he is taking it and right now they're on a tour through the midwest and and you're at c2e2 this weekend uh they will be taking a short break however issue seven is being worked on and it is if you want to call it a fill-in issue it is uh it's it's illustrated by mr mike huddleston of butcher baker fame and it looks i've seen a page and it looks absolutely amazing so um it's it's complimentary to to the work that jeremy's been putting on it's different but it still seems to um out of context it's an it's an un it's a page with no word balloons, uh, but it looks like it just fits right into to what uh, Jeremy and, and Jason have been doing so far. So I, I am a big fan of the book, and I, I hope to have the first arc finished before we uh, touch down in Chicago. Oh, nice. Okay, good. I'm glad I didn't spoil the arc then. No, 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 no. 
And look, there's some depraved shit in it. There absolutely is, man. Yeah, no, there's it, and it's it just it is. I I thought it was. Our man Han draws the he draws the ding the ding dongs. Yeah, he doesn't shy away from there's, that. There's full frontal dudity. Yes. So, you know, if, if that bothers you, then this isn't the book for you. I think there's more of that than there is actually some breast assists. So it's, I'm, I'm. There's a fair not, number of, of breast assists. There are. There are. Yeah. And, and it's not, and, and yes, until you get the beauty, I mean, you could look like the supreme schlub. He did, not everybody, obviously, because of the way the book is, 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 is easy on the eyes until they get the disease. And, and then of course it's, um, Model City, but it's, it just, it, it's a good looking book and it, it reads really well. I am, I'm, I'm quite happy with it. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not the only one. You are not. Uh, no, it's, it's great, man. You know, and look, let's be honest. I mean, we've had the good fortune over the years of becoming friends and or acquaintances with a great many comic book creators. And I think we always are rooting for them when they do their own thing. But listen, let's keep it real. Sometimes, you know, it's, not always as good in execution as it maybe is in concept, but you still root for it. But it's nice when something is done by a friend that actually does live up to the fact that, like, we want this to succeed regardless, but the fact that it's actually something that genuinely should be praised and succeed makes it all the better. Yes. Truth. Absolutely. So, so there you have it. The beauty by Image Comics. Nice. Beautiful. I see what you did. Yeah. You're a sneaky guy. Uh, there's something Jason and I will probably tag team on a little bit later. Tag team back again. In the episode. Uh, but now that, um, I, I did wrap up one thing that, uh, that actually I had no choice but to wrap it up, but I'm dying to hear what Vince has been reading. Wait, what, what did you wrap up? I'll talk about it after. Wow. Put me on the spot. Good, right there. Right there. Look on that spot that. right there. I have said, um, as recently as our 11 o'clockers that this company produced a classic, um, last year. And therefore I gave it an award in my 11 o'clockers. There is currently another classic in the making at this company. Who do you think did it? Come on. You guys know me well. You're very close. Oof. Now just slide a little to the left. Jeff Lemire. And yes. 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 There's one, there's the other. Yeah, Jeff Lemire wrote it. Louis LaRosa conceived it visually. Brian Reber is the colorist. Dave Lanfear is the letterer. It's Bloodshot. Bloodshot Reborn. Because I just started number ten. Oh, David. Well, I jumped ahead. I I stopped, and I just I took ten and eleven with me to work, and I just started ten. And between the cardstock covers and La Rosa, just is. He's like the best. It's amazing. It just it looks fantastic. You bastard! Because I'm looking at some of the expressions, and I said to myself, "Dap is going to say this looks just like that." It absolutely does. It, it's it's amazing, and I've seen I follow him on Facebook, and I mean just just his even his pencils, his his finished work before it gets the colors, is oh my god, it's just it's it's music to my for our eyes. listeners who maybe are newer, we should say that that doesn't get there doesn't get much higher praise from you than 
to say it looks like text. It, right. And it's, it's not, it's a more detailed yes, text. Yes. It's though. more, um, uh, reality based instead. Of, Cause if you look at a text figure, you can usually see, I'm not going to call them shortcuts, but you know, you get down to the feet or, or, or the lower part of the limbs and text is all in, in the face, the neck muscles, the, 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 the chest. La Rosa is just top to bottom, head to toe. Flawless. It just, it looks fantastic. Nothing seems out of place. There doesn't seem to be any shortcuts taken. And you know what else boggles my mind? Brian Reber uses markers. Does he really? Freaking markers. That looks fantastic. Yeah. And, and because if you, in the back pages of issue, um, 11, um, it says, uh, artist commentary by Louis La Rosa, but it says, um, in, in in one panel, there's a lot of stuff going on, and then it's mentioned where the La Rosa uses markers. Now La Rosa is not coloring it. La Rosa is illustrating. Unless so he's doing he, the gray it, tones. He may be illustrating this in gray yeah. tones, and then uh, Reber goes over it or embellishes it with color. Which, looking at it, that's probably the because process. Because what you now. see. These are probably the gray. There's no probably about it. That's exactly but the it's, process. Right, but where you, where you see the gray in the uh, in the gloves or, or Bloodshot's face, I might look at that as as very light pencil holding the pencil on its side and and shading it that way. But yeah, no, it's it's if, if what and it's saying. it's not a cheat, but it's a very effective way to amass a wide spread of. Values. If mm-hmm. if you color over grayscale, half the work is already. No offense. To, to, no, I, I don't want. No, I'm not saying. Right. I'm, no offense to, to Brian Reber, but if you're coloring over continuous tone art, half the battle is won. Mm-hmm. Right. But anyway, See, but I'm sorry, it's gorgeous. Whoever whoever's responsible for these visuals, I, I don't say, know. Before what, you continue on, I I do think it's worth pointing out that you know for all the the. uh the, the give and take people have about Valiant, like, I have to say, you know, the one thing we used to say, if you go back to, like, when we started this uh, the, the show years ago, it seemed like most of the non-Big Two, with maybe the exception of Image, um, they often would struggle with finding quality artists, you know? Yeah. At least yeah. on a consistency basis, like, and if they found yeah. one that they quickly moved on. And, you know, real talk, I mean, whether you're a fan of Valiant or not, I mean... To those of you who haven't read Valiant, it, it's fair to say that like they've had an amazing collection of of artists, like very consistently high quality artists. It's right. It's, Unlike companies like Dynamite, yeah, who, or, or IDW. I, I like I like yeah, yes, or IDW, they they pay low, so they get a certain caliber of talent. But Valiant seems to be star makers. They they manage to find exceptionally good craftsmen and they further hone their skills at valiant and then they emerge into these these monsters like they're just amazing visual stylists uh clayton crane uh la rosa on on bloodshot um who the the who was a, a great talent when he came into it uh the valiant um last year I mean, these, these guys were awesome. They, they're just amazing craftsmen. But the story, if, if it was all just eye candy, it would be like, yeah, that's a beautiful book, but you know what? I'm not really going to talk about, but the story of the analog man is amazing. 
um, it's set 30 years in the future. Which is why I had no problem jumping ahead. I only read right. up like the first two or three issues of this new run. And I'm like, well, this looks amazing, first of all, and you want to talk about it so badly. Let me just, this is, this is absolutely a fantastic jumping on point. It is. Oh, sure. Cause I mean, backstory, you don't really need to know it. Um, no, it's all right there uh, on the first page, but yeah, it just. Yeah. Ray and, and magic are, are living in, in the outskirts in the desert. They're in, in this commune with, uh, Ray is in charge of protecting, um, a bunch of people. Like he still has the nanites, but he's not full on bloodshot mode all the time. He's an old man. Yeah. And, and when he wants to, he can summon the nanites and they kick in and, and it's the, the clock just turns back. He looks like vintage bloodshot. He's all bulked out and he's got the, you know, the, 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 the crimson circle. It's, it's bloodshot. And, um, he makes a journey and this is where they were very smart to, um, tie it into, um, Fury Road. He, he goes to Los Angeles which is now a walled city to steal water to bring back to his people. But there's something going on in Los Angeles. Like it's, it, 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 it's not um, a, a utopia. They were once um, watched over by the Exo Man Wars, not just one, but like squadrons of Exo units. Um, and they've gone bad. The, the, uh, there's this thing called the goo. Goo tech. Yeah, and, and it, it, it's probably, and it's gray, so gray yeah. goo, it's probably nanites. And, um, the, the goo is just flooding through neighborhoods and populated areas and just devouring everything. What the goo doesn't devour, the, the man of war units destroy. So it's just like, it's hell on earth. And, um, so, so Ray is, is going to steal water and runs into, um, a gang called the Shadow Men, and these guys are not nice. They're not nice at all. And um, I don't want to spoil anything for Dap, but a uh, another popular, eight, now aged, Valiant hero shows up at the end of the first issue and pleads for Bloodshot's help, and he doesn't want anything to do with it. So you know what coerces Bloodshot to? Join the party, so to speak. You're going to have to read issue 11. Hmm. But it is amazing. Like they, Valiant, the, the, the people at Valiant know, or they seem to know, they seem to have some kind of precognitive ability where they know what's going to click and they invest extra resources in the books in order to, to attract new readers. And that's smart. Like these issues of Bloodshot have a, a, a heavy stock cover. There's a, it seems to have a soft touch coating yeah. on, on, on the front covers. Uh, there's copious back matter detailing the, the, uh, the creation of, of the sequentials and the story and. Which they do from, they did it with the Divinity. They, they, uh. The, the Divinity, the Valiant was, they did it with yes, Divinity too. And then with the Valiant. Like, they're no-brainers. Look at them. Right. Uh, like Trevor Harrison, my God, right? Um. But this is, I, I, I can't stop looking through the book. Once they collect this, I'm sure they're going to go the hardcover route. They did it with the Valiant. They did it with Divinity, right? They're going to do this because the, the, um, 
the presentation demands it. I mean, the quality of the work in this book is astounding. Yes. It, 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 it's, I don't, you know, I'm not going to compare apples to, to, to apples or apples to oranges and say, there's better looking than anything at the big two, but it's really better looking than anything at the big two right now. It really is. I mean, this artwork is a cut far, far above. It's, it's amazing. Uh, and I can't really say, I can't go into detail because Dap hasn't read it because you know me, I like to spill the beans and I don't want to do that because he, he, I don't like to spoil him, but so I'll, I'll slide it on over to another Valiant book that I read. I read the first two issues. Uh, going in. Oh, Fackerel? Stop! See, that goes against I, everything the book stands for, I, really. I have those two issues to read too, but yeah. It really is so beneath you to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, it was written, um, uh, written by Jody Hauser. Francis Portela is the artist. M- Marguerite Savage, uh, I don't know if I'm, if I'm pronouncing that right. She will uh, be at C2E2, I hope to be getting a commission from her. And she does the uh, interstitial art. There's fantasy sequences that, that she gets to draw. Nice. Andrew Dahlhouse does the colors, and Dave Sharp did the letters. And and it's it's our girl Faith Herbert. Yes. Wait, um, it's our girl. Why is that our girl? Because she's amazing. You've read her before. Oh yeah. She she was always see they. She's in Unity. She was in Harbinger. And, she's and from way back. Oh, way I back actually in do the remember day. from Harbinger. Right, but yeah. but that but the original. Harbinger from way back when, when, when Valiant first started, mm-hmm. um, her, Zephyr. her code name was Zephyr and the asshole torque on the team always referred to her as Zeppelin. And yeah, so, so, so he's going to give you shit for calling her fat girl, no, but, 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 just but because Tork called her Zeppelin, now all of a sudden Vince is it, giddy. He's an idiot. No. That's <laughs> the thing. Then. Faith and, um, uh, what's his face that you just said? Um, Torque. Faith and Torque hooked up at one point. They, they were a couple. And, um, he. And his, started, and his new valiant? Yes, okay. they were. And he, he, he started a reality show. And they, they, they broke up. They went their separate ways. He got a hot ass girlfriend, but he's not happy. He's miserable. And, um, Faith went to, to um went out west she she went to los angeles to 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 separate himself herself from her past and it's a clark kent scenario she she takes a secret identity as summer smith she's uh we know faith is a pop culture aficionado she she loves the comics she loves the action figures she loves the tvs and the movies uh faith is us yeah yeah that's why you know don't don't hate on the girl because she's a little thick what do you mean she's us she is us. In what way? She loves everything we love. She's smart. She's, she, she, she's into the, the, uh, she's a dreamer. She's into the comics and the, 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 the it, there's very little between Faith and us besides genitalia. Cool. For real, dude. And, and maybe age in my opinion. But and there's, there's, the, you the covers are absolutely fantastic. She's, uh, she's a blogger. Yes. And she does reviews for, uh, I think food, the, food the, the place is, is called, <laughs> you're going to get hate mail, dude. You serious dog. <laughs> hate mail. 
junk food game. So it's a Clark Kent scenario. She's working in a in a quote newsroom, and she has there's there's a Perry White analog, uh, but it's a woman, uh, and she's just trying to she's just trying to you know live her life, save people, be a good person, be a hero. That's what Faith is about. Faith just wants to be. She wants to help people. There's no ulterior motive with Faith. Um, she's just trying to find herself, right? But meanwhile, there's something else going on, something dark, something sinister. Somebody is rounding up psyots. And there are shades of the uh, the Holocaust in this. The, the psyots have been, um, they've been uniform. Uh, they've been put on the same... Uh, baseline by their, their, their captors. Their, their heads have been shaved. They've been put in nondescript, what look like scrubs. Uh, they don't seem to have been treated well, well. They have trackers on them and, and some of them escape. And whoever it is that's doing this is rounding up these rogue psyots and they're not kind to them at all. So there's, there's something really dark going on behind the scenes. Uh, and that's just the first two issues. I, I think the book is fantastic and I did, I really did not expect to like it as much as I, I do. I think the art's great, uh, from all parties. The, the story is, uh, it's, it's, you don't need any, um, any lubrication to get in this, this, uh, this storytelling. It's, it, it just seems natural. It seems like reading, um, the Superman gang. The, 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 the events just play out naturally and, and, uh, Faith is so, so likable that she, she is a Clark Kent. At both sides, you know, even when she's in, in, in super mode, she just, she's just this likable, honest, um, caring person. And I, I think it's so refreshing, you know, her, her, her knobs aren't hanging out on every panel. Um, she, even in her alter ego, she's, she's frumpy and, and wears a red, a red wig that does not flatter her at all, but Faith just doesn't care. That's just the thing. She doesn't care. Um, and when she, when she, when she goes to visit Torque in issue two and, um, first thing out of his mouth, uh, yeah, I'm famous. You should have stuck around. You know, like Faith doesn't care about that. Right. She doesn't want it. She doesn't want to be famous. She just has, she's all heart, this girl. And that's, that's what really drives this book. It's just, there's a lot of heart in it. There's a lot of heart and faith. I, I think it's a great, a great series so far. And, um, from what I've read, the first issue sold out twice. Like that. I think it's on its third printing. Wow. Very nice. That, that's pretty crazy for a book that, uh, from an, an art form that is targeted primarily to men. Maybe not so much these days, but the, the, the origins of the art form, we, has catered to men primarily. And, and we had that whole, you know, bad girl phrase where it was all about TNA and, and that's what seems to sell books. Look at Dynamite. Look at, you know, how many variant covers have, like they have nude covers and, and just, they, they play to the desires of, you know, the, the customer base. This seems to buck all that. Your, your main character is, is not what is commonly, um, conceived as, you know, she's not a looker by most people, but that, that's not, that's the whole point. That doesn't matter in this book. And it should really matter in life, but that's how people are. We're very, we're very superficial. We, you know, surface gloss attracts 
and nobody gives a shit about what's under the skin, what's underneath. That's all this book is. It's all under the skin. I think it's fantastic. Am I growing up? I don't know, but this just okay. the the hooks hooks dug in really early in the first issue, and I've just been just loving it. Both issues. Hope it goes on for a long time. That's awesome. Yeah. Would you read there, my man? Oh, um, well, I wanted to. I figured now was a good time to, since it did finish. Uh, they they ended the series early, shortly after it started. They had decided that um, issue five was going to be and is the last issue of Black Knight. Oh. The uh, Black Knight, who is, of course, Dane Whitman and is the the ruler, basically. He he sits on the throne. He is the self-proclaimed king of New Avalon. And so the fifth issue wraps up this, uh, what kind of feels like a miniseries or a, uh, somewhat of a, a Secret Wars prologue, a, a Weird World tie-in. Uh, and because Weird World isn't ongoing, we may see New Avalon and, and, uh, and the Black Knight in that book. Uh, but all five issues were written by Frank Thierry. All five issues had art by Luca Pizzari and in some of the one month ago pages, uh, Mr. Kev Walker. Ooh, nice. Yeah, and it is nice. Uh, Antonio Fabella and Andrew Crossley are your color artists. And, uh, it was a, um, I, I may not be the biggest Black Knight fan. I, I, I don't dislike Dane Whitman. He's just, he's, he's not necessarily a, uh, a character that forces me to read a book just because he's in it, just because he's on the team. Uh, but this was, this was pretty damn entertaining. It, it, uh, and when Jason reads it, it, I know when we first read the first issue, we talked about that one and how it also had the new Avengers, the uncanny Avengers, um, on the last page. It's like, oh, hey, here's a new Marvel book, first issue, and you're in luck because here is also Deadpool and Old Man Steve's Avengers team. And it's... Wait, Old Man Steve... Deadpool's on Steve Rogers' team? Deadpool is fronting the Avengers. He's got the money. It's It's It's... It's Deadpool, Rogue, Quicksilver, Human Torch, and that's Johnny Storm, not Jim Hammond. Synapse, who's an inhuman. Uh, Brother Voodoo. And nice. I think that's it. And Steve Rogers. And Steve Rogers. But he's not in the field. Is no, he? he is. He is. He's, he's in front and, and, uh, bossing everybody around like he, like he does. Well, um, but the, there's a reason why they showed up in at the end of the first issue, and that is because they were there to bring Dane back home, back from Weird World, 
to stand for is, uh, basically the, to face the consequences of his actions, which we find out in the following issues, in issues two and three. Um, it turns out that Steve had enlisted Dane to be a member of his Avengers. And, hmm. uh, and they were, uh, Beast and Vision were, uh, were running tests on, uh, on the Ebony Blade. The Black Blade. Because it's getting stronger and, uh, it's. Of course it is. It's not, I mean, Vision can't even phase through it. Uh, the, the amount of heat it can give off when it, when, when it's deflecting and firing flames is, uh, pretty much unimaginable. It's just, it's, it's insane. Uh, did we learn nothing from Blue Oyster Cult and Michael Moorcock? Seriously. We have not. We have not. <laughs> uh, so while, uh, while they're running tests, on the blade, the alarm goes off and the Avengers are called into action because, uh, there is a crime. Eh, yeah, I'll say a crime. There's bad guys are doing their thing and it, they're afoot. They're afoot. There are bad guys afoot and it has to do with, um, actually it, it was pretty funny when they, uh, when they showed up because the, the bad guys are none other than, hold on, I'm getting to the page. Uh, oh crap. Nope. That's not the page. The, uh, <laughs> the, oh, the, it's, it's the exemplars. Okay. So, uh, they, and, and when, uh, when, when Dane asks Hank, who they are, he says, uh, they're like juggernauts cousins for all intents and purposes. And the Avengers are pretty much doing their thing and, and, and handling their business. But the, um, the biggest of the bunch carnivore is, uh, ends up holding on to the ebony blade and is going to hack and slash our black knight, uh, only to, not be able to deliver the death blow because the blade will not let anyone use it against Dane Whitman. So Dane takes it back and kills Carnivore. Nice. And there's Captain America, Sam asking, what have you done? So now, the issue ends and that's, that's a flashback. Those are the pages done by Kev Walker and it's the flashback pages are mixed in with the present day weird world, uh, story where Dane wants to talk to the Avengers, but he's, it's, it's all a, um, it's all a setup and he's lulling them to get further into weird world where Dane has called the, um, called on, not reinforcements, but he's, he's asked the other, um, the other members, the other citizens of Weird World, um, like the Toad Men, uh, 
there were um the apes from Aplantis, uh Ooh. Amazons and um and giants and No Man Things. No man things. Uh, but what's funny is when uh when Dane is telling them, listen, the Avengers are coming, we have to stop them. If you work with me, we can stop the Avengers. They're gonna come here to conquer Weird World. And uh the king of, of the Toad Men said that uh, yeah, no, we're gonna stand with Black Knight because before my men and I uh were trapped here on uh on this in this place we encountered um, something that we've never encountered before. We encountered an Avenger. We encountered the Hulk, and uh, and it, it's an, it's one of the older pictures of the Hulk. So uh, that was a nice connection to some uh, on Weird World. No, no, no. Before they got to Weird World, oh, so okay. the Toad Men are obviously an older monster from the Marvel days, oh, from way back when. It, it does my heart so good to see that Marvel's really running with this weird world concept. And, and of all the things out of, um, Secret Wars that stuck, that was, you know, my favorite. Yeah. But, but the one that I thought would not connect at all with people. And it's just so out there because you don't need to, you don't, there's not a lot to invest in. You don't have to worry about it. Everybody, the supporting cast of Spider-Man or, or 18 different Avengers books. It's weird world. You just, yeah. that's it. You're in it. And, and it's a process. Just, yeah. You just, just run with it because it's, it's running with you. Um, so, so, so basically yeah, the third issue is, is, uh, the Avengers are all during the whole thing with, with, with carnivore being dead. Uh, the Avengers are trying to clean up the mess and they notice that, uh, Black Knight has gone missing and up comes, uh, Dr. Rebecca Stevens, who is a Black Knight and Ebony Blade expert. Of course. Um, so she's along with the Avengers at this point. She, she comes in because she, she realizes that, uh, she, Mentions that, uh, Black Knight killed, uh, Savage Steel, which happened in the original Sins miniseries, um, which was the anthology book where other characters in the Marvel Universe that didn't have an ongoing, they got a few pages as far as what their original sin was. And that was, um, that happened in that issue. Um, the, Dr. Voodoo, I'm oh, sorry, Dr. Voodoo, Brother Voodoo, um, he was a doctor, no. but no, I mean, he was he, Dr. Yeah. Voodoo when, when he, uh, he had to He was the that. Sorcerer Supreme. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I still, that's, for whatever reason, that instead of it being his original name being in my default, I just seem to want to always say Dr. Voodoo, but he- Was that Remender or Parker? That was, I think- I think it was Remender, wasn't it? Remender and Hefte Paolo. I think so. Yeah. That was a good book. Didn't last. No, long. it didn't. It didn't. Um, but the uh, Voodoo calls on former Black Knights to take the Ebony Blade, since nobody else can. Uh, the Avengers end up taking him down and and jailing him. And we also cut to um, the events leading to 
Black Knight getting to Weird World. He ends up stealing a Quinjet. He's uh, kind of talking to himself, talking to the Blade. You can tell he is not all there. And uh, he is flying to the Bermuda Triangle. And the Avengers are hot on his tail. Vision actually ends up on that Quinjet. He blasts Vision off the plane. And a portal opens and he ends up flying right through it and into Weird World. And then the portal closes. And now the Avengers have to figure out how to get there. So this is why they were there at the end of the first issue. It all It's not like it was just like, hey, don't forget to read this Uncanny Avengers book and... We just happen to have this team show up here in this book. The fourth issue, uh, Dane is in prison trying to figure out a way out. Uh, Dane has Bolton, who is his shield, his, uh, his bodyguard as, uh, as well as Alkira, who's the captain of Black Knight's guard. Uh, again, it's all just a big, misdirect so that black knight can get out of uh out of jail while this is happening actually when they imprisoned black knight steve rogers decided to hold on to the blade but the blade is slowly seeping its way into steve rogers Mm. and the uh the series ends with Dane and and Steve having to uh come to come to an understanding. Uh there is a uh the the bad guy from the first issue that got away, he um he shows back up and uh there's a connection to Hydra and Baron von Strucker's Satan Claw. Um it's it's just it's it's I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. It ends um it ends well. I mean it's it's at first you're not sure if the Avengers are going to leave Dane here on Weird World because he is a good man. He can he'll look over everything, he'll 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 lord over New Avalon and, and, and its residents. Uh, well, the ebony blade will go back to the regular world and, and, um, it'll be kept safe. So this way Dane isn't influenced or possessed by the blade and, and the blade won't be so close to Dane where it can always call to him and, and he can rescue it. And, and we figure that that's going to be the way it'll work until it doesn't. And, and that's what you have to find out about in the fifth issue. But overall, um, I was just happy to have a consistent creative team on five issues. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it is a, it's, it's a funky story that this will make. I, I, this is the kind of story where you'll find the trade paperback at a convention for five bucks and then you'll read it and you'll be like, wow, I wonder why, I wonder why that was only five issues. I don't know why. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just, it's fun. It's quirky. It's, it tells a complete story. And, uh, if you're a Black Knight fan, then you were probably already getting this but it's um it, it, he was it, it's fish out of water it, you know weird world is not his usual place to hang out in and and i mean and the dude's had he has not had an easy life i mean he was i don't know if he was the leader but he was of course in the leather jacket avengers era 
Yeah. Uh, he was, uh, he was on the Captain Britain and MI13 team. Um, you know, he's, it, but, but he, Dane Whitman's a, a fish out of water, regardless that is, of, yeah, that's, I mean, and, unless he's not in the era, and, and you know, I think he works best in an Avalon type setting, you know, naturally, he is the Black Knight, but he, he didn't quite fit on the Avengers, no. especially the leather jacket right. Avengers. Um, when you have Hercules on the team. Yeah. You know, what more do you need? Uh, and I don't think he really worked all that well with MI 13. Um, I mean, I, I like Dane, but like you said, I, I think you said it best. Is there anyone who picks up a book because of the black Knight? He's, he's, he's just, he's window dressing, right? Yeah. I mean, there are just, there are some, I think there's some creators who are like, oh, I have the perfect story for the Dude, Nobody Bible. has ever bought a book because of Dane Whitman. That's what we're saying. You're serious. That's, yeah. So True. it's like, you know, I think everybody's got, I have that Punisher story. I have that Spidey story. I have that Quicksilver story. I don't know anybody don't who's know got, I know, I'm just, I'm reaching. I don't know anybody yeah. who's, I'm just trying to make books of a little bit of Black Knight right now, which is hard enough. Is this for but, real? What? Sorry. <laughs> so, it's, it's. I'm double dipping. I have a, I have the microphone in one ear and a phone call in the other ear. Jesus, look at that. Multitasking. I'm on, I'm on hold right now. Apologize. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if anybody's like, oh, I have the perfect, but the Black Knight story, that's, that's a backup story for Marvel Fanfare. I, I yeah. was, I'm glad it made it to five issues. I don't know how far they had to, I don't know what, what Terry had planned for the first year of the book, but like I said, consistent creative team told the complete story. I dug it for what it was. Um, but at the end of the day, it was still a black Knight book. And I'm like, all right, so I read my, th- th- that's my black Knight story for five years. I'm good. I think his, um, Crowning moment was the cover of Avengers 40, was it 47, 48? Let the sick Perez where, days? Or, oh, no. way, way back. I'm going, okay, yeah. Okay. Silver Age Avengers. Right. When he's on the horse and he's got the, the lance in his hand and, rah, and the lance is, is crossing the, the, the masthead of Avengers and, uh, you had, you know, I forget who was on the team that obviously probably Hawkeye and, and, and Wasp, but it, it, that's a great cover. But I, I don't know. And Marvel, you gotta admit, Marvel keeps trying. Oh yeah. To, to do stuff with the Black Knight. He's had a miniseries, more than one, right? There was a bunch of one shots. I think one was like during Civil War, a little after it, there was a Black Knight one, one shot. I mean, when when Wonder Man has a longer running series than you, that's yeah. And, and there's, I mean, and there's <laughs> that's really sad. When Wonder Man has a longer series than you. Ba- but I mean, it was beautifully drawn. I mean, that Jeff Johnson work was was fantastic on Wonder Man. But I mean, there's there's a lot. There's probably a lot you could do with the character, of the Black Man. I mean, he's they they just keep adding on to it. I don't want anybody to to, to try to you know pull the thread and, and retcon anything where it, it just, I, I don't, I don't need the, um, I don't need them to add more personalities to him or, or, you know, this was it just the dude, the dude's got issues. And I think 
what Ellis did with Moon Knight a couple of years ago, and then which and then handed it off to to um, to Wood, and then uh, Bun Cullen had Cullen ended the series, and now it's back with um, or we'll be back with Lemire and, and Smallwood again. I it, it's not baby steps, but it's it's easy to digest that version of Moon Knight. Um, and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say that in, in a derogatory way. It's, it's, oh, I can finally take Moon Knight. It's just, it's, the Moon Knight is another one who's just like, oh, we're just, now he's got three personalities. And oh, no, no, now it's not, now he's possessed by, you know, the, the, the Egyptian moon god. And now it's just, it's, it's like, like yeah, it's, it's just like, dude, just let's, shit worked. Back, you know, when, when, when O'Neill was right, it's it just, it worked. It was fine. I was, I was, I was digging it. And now, now you're just going a little crazy. And, and, and Stephen Platt's drawing it, so now it really looks crazy. And you have yeah. crazy good. <laughs> so there's, but this is I I think they kind of instead of I think they just maybe rein it in a bit and not not just build on what we have now or or take it apart a little bit so then we can we can get comfortable with the character. It, it, because he is so, but there is no, is there, I'm asking, is there a definitive Black Knight story? Can someone tell me, oh, you want to know about this character? This is what you read. And don't tell me you read this issue of the Avengers, then you jump over to this and now you read that. Well, that's it's, probably, I, yeah, what you're going to so do. Yeah. Somebody needs to not start over, but just kind of make sense of what we had. Well, it's it's like you know the Liberty Legion, the Black Knight predates the Marvel Age of Comics. That he's an he's an old character, right? The original, um, unfortunately, and the Human Torch, right? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, do you know who created the Black Knight? And and created I'm is in quotes. Oh shit! All right, so Stanley. Yep. Yep. Stan created him. Supposedly. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Great Merlin too? Yeah, no, really, it's not a stretch, the, the, the Black Blade. Uh, but no, it, it's, it's like Marvel, uh, Namer's one of those characters too. Yeah. But Namer is actually cool. First and, 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 you know, has found traction yes. within, I want to say modern readers, but, but, you know, when I say the Marvel Age of Comics, I'm talking the Silver Age. Namer just found an audience. And and because he 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 was Marvel's Aquaman, and, that's cool, and, right? But it it's but a bad Aquaman, yeah. But he also, um, they brought him back. I thought, well, I when when, I mean, it may have been mm-hmm. maybe a little cheesy or corny. Oh, you know, Human Torch just found a bum, and hey, by the way, you look just like a dude except for the beard. No, that and, scene's classic. It's a classic. When he burns scene, the beard off, but it's, it's just cl- it's like what stinks, dude? Your beard. <laughs> so- he just like, burned oh, your friggin' beard off. With the fish. But you have... Ugh, fish and burnt hair. So you have, obviously, um, they brought him... So, was... Who brought the Black Knight back? The Avengers? Um, I believe so. No. It wasn't in one of those one-shot books uh, like Premiere or... Uh, just to astonish. That makes sense. Tales to Astonish number 52. Jesus, dude. Yeah. No, I'm not pulling that from memory. I'm actually looking at the data here. Okay. 
Um, the villainous Black Knight appeared in the Avengers number six, 14 to 15, uh, and a feature in Iron Man in Tales of Suspense number 73. But Dane Whitman first appeared in, I think I nailed it, Avengers 47. Okay. Becomes a heroic version of the Black Knight in the following issue. Um, because I don't think there's anyone other than the writers that chose to work on this character that know this information. I know where Black Knight worked well. And you should have known this because we both read it and we both enjoyed it. Yeah. The only place that Black Knight ever worked well. Ultra Force. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. Wrote a great Black Knight. He was the only Marvel character who stayed over there, right? No, Juggernaut. No. Really? What, the Juggernaut came over and Phoenix came over. Wow. Who else? Okay. There was another one. I think it was, was it Warlock? No, that was the, the, uh, no, it was Warlock. Yeah. Because Warlock was, was, was getting down with, uh, Rune at one time. Okay. Silver Surfer too. Jesus. Yeah, they all, but didn't, don't you remember that whole, um, Malibu Marvel crossover? The Phoenix, was it the Phoenix Agenda or something? I mean, they all eventually cross over, but Ultra Force was a great book. I often forget about that, but I really enjoyed it. What was the one, um, Black September, it was called. Wow, really? That was, yeah, that was great. I, I, again, with the Jeff Johnson, I was a big fan of Solitaire. Sludge. I loved Firearm also, especially the, uh, the Cully Hammond cover. And, and man, I, the Nightman was corny as hell, but Derek Robertson started off the series with the first couple issues and then, Unbelievably. Yeah. Say it. Kyle Hotz slayed oh, yeah. it. I loved that. Yeah. And, I mean, a shitty syndicated show that I think lasted for two Saturdays, but oh, it was horrible. It was, it was worse than Witchblade. <laughs> it was horrible. Oh, Witchblade was like, Witchblade was like, was like time when I thought like, okay, that's the first ever. To, yeah. Uh, yeah. Black, or not Black Knight. Yeah. But Nightmare was, was pretty poopy. Was, but I, yeah, I think maybe I'll look for some Malibu books, Ultraverse books. You're going to get them for a quarter piece. Oh yeah. I'm telling you, get Sludge. Because I, who worked on Sludge? Oh, Aaron Lepresti. Steve, Steve Gerber. Gerber. Um, yes. and then of course you had Mantra. Mantra. I have all, I have. I'm not surprised. Every, every mantra issue. I'm not ever. surprised. Necromantra, come on. Is it get Lord, the pumpkin? Uh, Pumpkin's awesome. I wanted to like Prime a lot more than I did, and I, I, it's I dig the whole Shazam aspect, but the whole you know blurging out of out of Homeboy uh, that I, the transformation kind of just it, it it wasn't working you can for me. Blame um, Brave Vogel for was it Brave Vogel? Brave Vogel did the art, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which was good, but it's just too ripped. Yeah. But I, I love the Ultraverse books. Yeah. We should go on a, on a binge and see how many we can get okay. for, for like under $10. I, I mean, I have mo- a lot of them. I don't anymore. Uh, God Wheel was, f- was phenomenal. It, Thor Dave Gibbons. Popped up oh, that's Wheel. right. Yes. Yeah. The Dave Gibbons Back just when did Marvel co- didn't know what to do with Thor. Well, it was Thor, right? Not Thunderstrike? No, it was Thor. Okay. 
Beardy Thor? No. Wow. Beardy Thor. I have something for you. <laughs> for me? I, I, yeah, I, it would, this, I, I read this specifically for you because I know you would love it. Oh? You love the, um, the movie from which this is, um, I don't want to say adapted, but extrapolated. You love the artist. You love the anchor. You really love the anchor. Um, on this. It's an Oni press book. And it's 17 years old. Okay? Huh. The, um, it's called Tales from the Quick. That's not the name of the book. That's the name of the story. Okay. And it's introduced in Crypt Keeper fashion. And he, 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 after he does the introduction, he, he kind of hacks and coughs. He's like, man, it's, it's hard to talk like that. Especially after, um, smoking a couple of, uh, blunts and, and all the screaming girls that are at my side. Uh, and his partner could not do the introduction because he doesn't speak. Ever. He's also the director of the movie from which this comic book is extrapolated. It's Clerks. The Lost Scene. Oh, wow. Have I ever talked about this before? No. I, I We've like, talked about the James Silent Bob stuff, but never. Yeah, really. I feel like I have. The The cover is unbelievable. And it's uh, illustrated by Duncan Fregredo, who did a Clerks mini, a Jay and Silent Bob miniseries that I own. I don't know the name of it, but I have it. Duncan Fregredo, oh, he, yeah. there's, there's an un, unsung hero of comics but um so jay introduces the story as a lost chapter from clerks and it happens it, it occurs right when uh dante and randall go to the funeral home yes and it says five minutes later i i read this, this once yeah this tells you what yep. happens when he went into the, into the funeral yes. home randall's being an asshole as, as usual, usual. And he collects, you know, the, the, um, the prayer cards that they public, that they print for funerals that, that list that on the front, they'll have like the Jesus or, or some, uh, saint or, 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 or Catholic figure, like mostly, usually Jesus or Jesus and Mary or, you know, Mary and somebody else. Um, and on the back, they have a, 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 a prayer and the person's name. That who has deceased, yes. who is deceased, right? And in this case, it's Julie Dwyer, the girl that died in the in the pool. But it, it seems that that Dante has history with this girl. Yep. Um, they were once very intimate. Which is why they wanted to go. Ex- extremely. Which is why intimate. Dante had to close the shop to go. Right. Um. Well, well uh, Julie and Dante were. Um, getting down, getting busy in, in Julie's living room to the point where he had her pants one leg off. Cause that's what you do in, in, in the living room. And he was doing the, uh, the cunnilingus and she was really getting into it. And, uh, wouldn't you know, Julie's parents came home right in the middle of the cunnilingus interruptus. And from that moment on, Julie's parents wanted nothing to do with Dante. 
And Dante makes this very clear to Randall going in to the funeral home that uh, her parents don't like me at all. They hate me. So please, um, do what you got to do. I'm going to go right up to the, to the casket, say my, my last goodbyes, and let's get out of here. But Randall being Randall, um, goes up to the, the, uh, the parents and tries to console them in Randall's inimitable way. And, uh, they ask him his name and he says, well, I'm Randall Graves and this is my friend, Dante, Mrs. Hicks son. And, and the, uh, the parents of the deceased knew Dante's mother and that's what they've always known him as, you know, Mrs. Hicks son, Dante, and they hate him. And, and as soon as they see him, like their, 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 their expressions just take, just change from like mourning and regret and loss to like out and out hatred. They, I mean, they just cannot stand him. So, um, Dante's like, all right, I gotta say my last goodbyes. He's trying to make the best of, of the situation. And for whatever reason, um, Julie's buried in a mini skirt and a tube top. <laughs> I don't know why. And they don't know why. Nobody seems to know why. So, um, while, while Dante's at the casket, Randall wants to go. He's like, dude, I'm done. I just gotta get out of here. Just gotta, gotta, gotta go. And, and Dante throws him the keys, but when he throws him the keys, Randall fumbles them and they pop back into the casket mm-hmm. and slide down Julie's belly into her miniskirt. So those are not only Dante's keys, they're also the keys to the shop as well. So he has to get his keys. Now, an intelligent person would say, all right, I'm going to stick around to the end of the viewing and try and slyly shimmy on over to the funeral director and see if he could help me out. But no, Dante's not all that bright. He's really not. And so he, he, he tries to look like he's, um, racked with sadness and he's kneeling in front of the, the casket and he fishes his hand into the miniskirt and the father goes completely bonkers, apeshit. The father and the mother cry and scream and sweating like the mother's mascara is all running down her face. She's calling him a pervert. Like, ah, it's happening again. The casket tips over. Julie's body falls out. This is like typical Kevin Smith. And I enjoyed it nonetheless. Right. You know, it's, it's lowbrow, it's bass, but it's funny. It it really is. It's nothing. I mean, the joke is really not all that complex. It's it's not many Kevin Smith jokes are right. They're they're. I mean, he he doesn't. He's not um, an eloquent or a, a very convoluted joke writer. He just he he goes for the testicles, right? The lowbrow humor. That's Kevin Smith, and this is fun. But the creative team on this. Which is, which reinforced my decision to talk about this this week. It was created and written, of course, by Kevin Smith. It was penciled by Phil Hester. And where Phil Hester is, who's not far behind Mr. him? Mr. Andy Parks. Inked by Andy Parks. Um, and you know what? I, I look at books that are like 17, 20 years old, even more. And I see a 295 cover mm-hmm. price. 
comics have really not gone up all that much in the past 20 years. We like to think, oh, Jesus. Well, independents haven't. No, but still, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, big two books were less, obviously less than this at the time, but in aggregate, (laughs) because I bought the majority of books from the independent publishers back then. I mean, yeah, I, I did, we bought a lot of Marvel and DC, but I bought even more independents. I've still, I've still been paying the same price for comics for the past 20 years. Can you say that about anything? Mm, no. Besides, well, I don't know how much Tootsie Rolls are, like the single ones. Do they even sell single Tootsie Rolls? Yes. Bazooka, oh, bubble. Double bubble. I think Bazooka's a nickel, right? Now, isn't it? Might be more now. Think, well, whatever. But I'm just saying, everything has gone up in price exceedingly, except like this, this comic was 295. And maybe back in the day, I was like, whoa, 295. No, but now it's just like, oh, it's reasonably priced because that's what we still pay, 299. Right. By and large. Um, and, uh, Kevin Smith is, is not above self-deprecating humor and he uh he jay is his mouthpiece or yeah jay's his mouthpiece and you know he he uses jay to sling shit at himself you know that fat fuck who can't seem to get things out on time blah 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 but he also uh takes a, a hit or two at john byrne really yeah uh jay says um I'll bet that art guy's pulling his hair out because that tubby director fuck is probably late with the script again. He's always late, man. What is wrong with the comics industry? Fat fucks who can't make their deadlines. And he says, unlike that John Byrne, who's a fat fuck that makes his deadlines, but you wish he didn't bother in the first place. Damn. I mean, did you see that Spider-Man book he did? Shit, I've pulled better Spider-Man stories out of my putt during marathon jerk sessions to the underwear models in the Sears catalog. Like... I'm sure at 1999, I'm sure he's talking about year year one. Chapter one. Chapter one. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, you know, you get a little bit of lowbrow humor with the the clerk's gang and a little bit of, um. I mean, he's not entirely wrong. I mean, we're going to, he's not. You're going to make, uh, Marco and, and Osborne's related because they, they have similar hair. Flynn Marco. Yeah. Like, has, have we ever figured that out? Why the Osborne clan have cornrows? It's wavy. I I don't know. Maybe they have a little bit of Robertson in their blood. You know, like with the the, the thick cropped hair. I don't know. But anyway, uh, no, this this book was fun. And and you know, I just I was looking for something to read, tooling through the bat my 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 overflow boxes, and I'm like, all right, this will make Dap very happy. You did. So I I decided to bring it. I'm glad you brought it. And it's black and it white. It's black and white. That's even better. Uh, if you want it, I can bring it for you. I wonder if I still have it. I have all... There was a time when I bought every book Oni published. I didn't buy every, Across, but I bought, I bought plenty. Oni Double Feature was amazing for a long time. Uh Jim Mafood was in there. Uh, Troy Nixie. Uh, who else? Um, I think there was a, a Paul Pope only double feature. There was a Gaiman 
issue. It was just like one issue after, um, wasn't Mike Allred in Oni Double Feature 2 with that, that Spaceman character? No, that was a one shot. Sorry. That was a color one shot. Uh, but no, Oni, Oni was, was, was kicking, um, um, shit, loud cannoli. What, Scott, um, what is his name? Damn it. Don't make me Google it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it because loud cannoli. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Scott Morse. I knew it was oh. Scott. Yeah, Scott Morse is great. And, uh, then I, I don't know if it was because of lack of sales. Oh, I'm sure that was a contributing factor, but only seemed to change direction a bit. Uh, move into, into different types of books and. You're so racist. They, no, they cut. Why? Just kidding. Just seemed like the most they, random thing to say at the moment. <laughs> no, I, I thought my, my Robertson DNA was in bad taste. I don't know. Was it? No. No. Okay. Uh, but, um, yeah, Oni, there was a period of time that Oni lost me and, and it's only been the past couple years where they, they kind of pulled me back in just when I thought I was out, you know? But yeah, so I, uh, Jason, while you were gone, I talked about Kevin Smith of all people. I, I was listening. I just couldn't speak because I had you, I had um, you on mute so that I could be speaking on my conference call, but I had you in, in my ear while I was trying to talk. Have you ever read any of these, um, Early Oni press books? Mm, I think the only early Oni press book I've read was uh, the Sean Murphy joint, Off Road. Off Road. Oh, that's not so early. So then, no, it's early it's, for it's him. Early. It's early, yeah, it's early. Um, Murphy, yeah. yeah. Cool. So, um, pick up your slack, young man. Well, Dap and I are going to tag team on something. Tom. How fortuitous! I know, right? It's almost like we timed it. Mm-hmm. Almost. So DAP, as we often are want to do, because we uh, we chat frequently, or at least David and I chat frequently. Um, <laughs> and same gifts. I give up. No, stop. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> uh, DAP says, uh, hey, uh, booze, I, I read the Infinity Entity number one, so if y'all might want to do that too. Now, see, i got to take issue with that. What? Wasn't it supposed to be in our normal spot? It was. It wasn't. It was. Oh, you're thinking of the other spot, the DB. Yeah. yeah. On the, 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 the comic the CX, yeah. I don't, I don't do comics. Oh, well, that's your bad. <laughs> but. What's it called? Infinity what? The Infinity Entity. Entity? Oh. Uh, and per the credits page, the story takes place between the events of Thanos, the Infinity Relativity OGN, and the forthcoming Thanos, the Infinity Finale OGN. Wow, how many of these are there? There's like four now, right? right? Yeah. An infinite amount. <laughs> Written by Jim Starlin, as you might expect. And the big draw for me, illustrations by the incomparable team of Mr. Alan Davis and Mr. Mark Farmer. With colors by Jordan Boyd and letters by our good friend Joey Sabino. And, uh, you know, Dap, you're the one that wanted us to read this, so I don't want to steal your thunder. Um, no, no, no. I just, well, it's, you, you. Now, to, full disclosure, did you read the, the, the aforementioned OGN? Cause I did not. I did not. Um, okay. I don't know. I remember, I remember Annihilation and, and, 
and Warlock's part in that. I do not really remember uh, the death of Warlock that he references early on in the issue. Uh, actually, well, that the, the 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 credits recap page mentions. Uh, so no, th- th- for me this was okay. Cool, it's Jim Starlin. Okay, cool. It's it's cosmic, so it's Jim Starlin for that. Great, and and he's coming back to one of his characters. And I may not be a uh, a huge Warlock fan, but I I do appreciate the character and 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 respect the the history. But for me, once I heard that uh, that Davis and Farmer were were doing the art, I was all in. It, it is they're really. It is so hard for me to, I love a lot of art teams and, and Vince just got done talking about Hester and Parks. Um, there's, there's Vernon Austin, there's Vernon Kessel, there's, there are so many, there's Grumman Hazelwood. You can just, we've had some really, really great penciler anchor teams over the years. But consistently and near perfect quality each and every time for me, there is none better than Davison Farmer. Amen. It just, it looks like it comes so easy to them. And I, and, and, and I've seen Davis and, and Neary and that's, that's fine. That's really good, really solid. But there is something about farmers just little flourish, the, 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 the curve, the, the lushness and it, they just absolutely in my mind are perfect together. And I had no idea what to expect with this. And obviously this is a alternate reality type story to a degree, especially in this first issue. Um, Adam Warlock basically has amnesia. He he knows things, but he doesn't know everything. He he doesn't know his name, but he knows that maybe Earth is some place that's calling him, calling right. to him. So he he's going to go to Earth and he's going to go find some heroes, and he's going to find a particular group of heroes that he remembers going by the name the Avengers. But these Avengers are, they are the founding fathers of the Avengers, but they are not the versions we know. Uh, it's, it's Iron Man in, in the big gold original. It's the Mark One armor, but the gold version. Uh, Thor, a Hulk with three toes who can Carry on a conversation, so he's not the the, the mindless brute, and uh, and Ant Man and Wasp, and Ant Man can also become Giant Man at 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 this point in time. Uh, so Warlock is going to go and and visit and say, hey, maybe maybe my friends here can point me in the right direction, tell me who I am, and and uh, and help me find my way. Uh, but because of how he introduces himself and shows up in their crib, they just go batshit crazy and start attacking him. <laughs> and, and he, it's, it's a beautiful few pages and 
it's I, I I don't know how deep we want to go into it, but it's just I I don't know what to make of this. The the last page is fantastic because now you're just like, all right, I, I gotta know where the hell they're going with this. But we do get a um, we do see the guardians, and it's the guardians that that we're familiar with. It's 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 Drax and Rocket, and uh, and Star Lord and Gamora. So you you see you see the crew, um. One of them is not doing too well, uh, so Warlock is going to help out a bit. And I have no idea. You, you when you look at the cover to the next issue, uh, there's it's 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 Thanos standing over a bunch of a mound of discarded. Earlier versions of Adam Warlock. There's, there's him. There's the Gil Kane lightning bolt version. There's the, uh, the Angel Medina version. It's him. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah, a little in, in the Speedo. You have the cocoon. No, no, no. It's just in the, in his, uh, in his boxer briefs. Uh, he doesn't have pieces of cocoon. No. Um, and the, Why would the, 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 the Jim Starlin esque version, but it's, and yeah, it's, Actually, and it's on sale. It should have come out. It comes out tomorrow, I guess. Um, it's, oh, it's nice. number two on sale next week. So, but it's, what? it's a weekly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the thing I love best about Starlin, he's so damn unpredictable. No, this absolutely is without a doubt. And I'm not being facetious. When I read a Starlin story, I, he is, I, I think next to Gerber, Starlin is the biggest hippie of, of the Marvel. He looks nothing like the hippie. Mar- no, he doesn't. He doesn't. But his concerns are so spiritual yes, yeah, and, and, and cosmic yeah. and, and removed from, from the, 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 the physical, right? Like the, a lot of the, 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 uh, the the germs of of the of a Starlin tale they don't while they do include you know superheroics and and massive space battles the thing that's at the center of them is not your average plot contrivance you're right, he, you're he, right. no it really yeah, and 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 the thing that I mean I'm I'm not pooping on your 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 man Alan Davis I love oh, Alan yeah, Davis as you should but, but yeah. no I do but when I read a Starlin um, work, especially a work that contains Thanos or Warlock in the forefront, I expect him to be drawing it as well. Huh. When I when uh, I see Stan, Thanos walks into the panel, it better be drawn by Starlin. That's I, Starlin's character. I think there is a... Um, Starlin could have drawn this, I think. It, yeah, it's, for sure. It definitely he feels... He draws the OGNs, right? Or is it Ron Lim that draws them? I think... Does Lim ink it? Or does... Yeah, but I... It's... um, And that's, and that's a generational thing, because like you just said, Vince, you, you would expect Starlin. And I think somebody who didn't read the first appearances of, of Thanos or Warlock or, or, or were reading in the 70s that their version... Of Thanos, of Warlock, of of right, would be right. limb. Well, yes. I mean, the first I read of these characters was that Silver Surfer run, I think, mm-hmm. and then I went back and read, read 
so good. The 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 older stuff. So, but I'm yeah. I mean, I think it is generational. Um, that run gets dumped on a lot too. But that run is not that fun, man. The, the elders of the universe. So, I love that shit. I, and I was I was on it from the beginning because I'm like, oh motherfucker, Marshall Rogers is going to yeah, draw. Unfortunately, yeah. it wasn't all that hot. And of course, and and it was just and it was so flipping obvious. It's like, well, how is how is Norrin going to get beyond Earth since Galactus has that barrier over it? Well, who says Surfer has to be riding the board? To get away, we're just we're going to take the board, and then we'll bring him up. It, it's that whole parable yeah. of you know the parable, the, the mm. cabbage and the wolf and the fox. But it's just it's it's how it. But Starlin has not been all that consistent. Um, love him extremely. I mean, I I, I buy everything uh, that he does in one form or another. Mm-hmm. But there was time. When visually, Starlin was showing signs of, of, of faltering. Like, um, uh, I don't know if any of you guys read Weird the Reluctant Warrior. No, no. He was experimenting with, um, the computer just a bit too much for my tastes. And it was just, I mean, you could tell, obviously it was Starlin drawing it, but there was something, there was a coldness to it. It wasn't, the the starlin of old like the the warlock stuff or you know um but and even even the 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 galactus miniseries that starlin did at uh what was that in the, in the in the uh, early was it late 90s early 2000s that that starlin that had thanos in it for for a period and then he did the thanos miniseries right, right? it just it just didn't feel right but and it seemed like the past like maybe 5 10 years Starlin has been getting it, getting his mojo well, back. Well, you're right. I mean, cause I, I think that the, he was the main architect of the Marvel cosmic for a long time. And it got to a point where it just wasn't vibing with people. It wasn't selling. It just seemed stale. Right. And then that's what brought us the whole, you know, uh, rebirth under Abnett Atlantic, you know, which, which, yep. which was really born out of the fact that Starlin was just kind of tired. Um, I, I also think there's a bit of resentment there from from Starlin, or there was. Well, it's interesting you say that because I, I I was thinking about that a bit with this series, and that as David noted, part of the series takes place at the very beginning of the Avengers, and then he jumps to a time which is coincident with with part of 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 the modern day Guardians of the Galaxy. And I was wondering if this is Starlin's way of saying I've come to terms with the fact that this yeah. Abnett Landing stuff is pretty dope. Yep, probably. Um, I wanted to mention, David mentioned in passing that, uh, he didn't think it was our Avengers, but I gotta push back. I think it is our original Avengers because the thing that makes me think that is exactly what you pointed out as, as being odd, which is that, um, the Hulk has three toes. And if you go back and look at the cover of Avengers number one, the Hulk has three toes. And it's kind of fascinating because I never realized this until I noticed that he had three toes in this book. But if you go back and look, in the early incarnations of the Hulk between the Avengers and the Hulk book itself, he is drawn with all kinds of fucking different feet. He's got three toes, he's got four toes and he's got five toes and it's never consistent, which is fascinating because I, all the years of reading comics, all the years of thinking I had my, my, my stuff on lock. I never realized that the Hulk's toes were drawn differently by different artists. May not be consistent, but it's hella dynamic. And, And in Avengers number one, the Hulk has three toes. Uh, you've got Wasp and Ant-Man, and you've got the gold Iron Man. But then in right. Avengers number two, you've got Giant-Man. 
And then in Avengers number three, you've got Iron Man in gold and, and red, uh, more streamlined uniforms. So it, it moves, it evolves pretty quickly. Um, until of course four when Cap joins and then it's Giant Man, Wasp, Iron Man, Thor, and, and Cap. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I thought this was interesting because again, it's, it's nostalgic and I love Farmer and Davis like nobody's business, but I'm not quite sure like what's going on exactly. <laughs> yep. You know, and the, the last page reveal is cool because again, it's a, it's a big cosmic character that we don't see very often. So I'm down with that, but, but yeah, I mean, um, I, I'm curious to our listeners if they tried this book, um, but maybe don't have a history with the classic Starlin Marvel cosmic, how this book resonated with them, because I definitely think I am relying on the crutch of nostalgia to make me enjoy this first issue more than I did from just the straight up plot and cliffhanger. You know, you're right. I'm looking at my copy of uh, Avengers two and he does have the Hulk does yeah, have space three phantom. Toes. Yeah, he's got three. Toes. Right. He does have three yeah. toes on it. That's the farthest I go back. But what's his personality like in those issues? Well, it's not, the, it's the, it's the space phantom. No, what I'm asking so about the Hulk. So is he, is he able to have a conversation back then? I mean, he's, he's, limit, he's, he's limited. Still, yeah. He's yeah. Like, no, well, like, you know, know. T- turn around and I'll, um, I'll turn and get busted in the chops creep. Yeah. That's about right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's right. Did cool. you have number two, dude? Yeah. Man, I'm jealous as a motherfucker. Eh, eh, it doesn't say that now, it, it's, it's not a, a 9.5 by, by any stretch. But, um, yeah, uh, that, I don't have that's anything my, beyond five. That's my early five, Marvel, nine, and ten are the only ones I have in the top ten. Um, Avengers, I go back to two. Ama- amazing, I go back to, um, 11. Dude. <laughs> but it is nice to see Davis and Farmer, man. They just, they can do no wrong in my book. Seriously. Except for maybe X-Men Ghost Boxes. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't all. Or an Ellis. It was rough. Yep. Aren't I clever? But we did praise Warren Ellis this episode with the Ultraverse yeah, stuff. So. Mm-hmm. With one hand we caress, with the other mm-hmm. hand we yeah. Excuse me. So we still have a lot more time. We didn't talk about con preparations at all. Mr. All right. Well, you want to go specific to Seto Sedos, or are you just talking about in general? No, you said last episode. Now, if there's any any questions y'all might have about what to do, how to prepare, you know what what to expect when you go to a convention. Sure. If you haven't been to one, you got to follow up. Well, um, I guess some obvious tips. First of all, got to wear comfy shoes. <laughs> all right, you're laughing, but that's it's, that's legit. It's it's true. It is true. You're not going to wear Doc Martens. Uh, you, Although they are comfortable. I was going to say, I actually just bought a pair, new pair of Doc Martens for the trip. But um, you need to take care of personal hygiene. Oh my goodness! No, dude, I'm, these are legitimate con tips. I'm serious. Yes. I mean, look, let's be real. Uh, on Saturday at a con, especially a big con, which C2E2 counts as, it gets funky. It does because it's hot in there. People are crowded, and they're not handling their business with the. 
<laughs> BO situation. Right? Oh my god. Um, but no, I mean, it, so, a con, your first con can be overwhelming, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a real big tip. Go ahead. And I succumb to it every time, even though I've been to more conventions that I can count, and I always tell myself, okay, going in, first day, do not jump. Don't jump. Wait. Wait till Saturday. Wait till Sunday, because you're going to get it cheaper. And I inevitably find something to buy Thursday. Uh-huh. You won't do that this week, because this show, because there's no Chicago on Thursday, but... All right. Well, first day. You usually the first day of the con. I always tell myself, "Wait, hang back. It's going to be cheaper, and I'll always buy something." Yeah. I mean, we we do scoop the bargains up on on Saturday and then the big bargains on Sunday, but for the most part, I like to bring something back the first night because you know usually the early stages of of the trip we're just chilling, and you know you like to pull a book out. Uh, and, and, and get lost, uh, at the expense of your friends. At least I do, right? So I always buy something first night. And, and I gotta stop doing that. Oh, no, well, if you're doing it for a specific reason. But I mean, you're, you're absolutely right that, that, uh, Con 101 would, would be get that anything you're gonna buy of significance, you should try and wait until when, uh, Sunday if you can, because the dealers bring lots of inventory to the shows. It costs a lot to ship it. Uh, and by Sunday, they really would much prefer getting rid of stuff. At, uh, at discounts than having to lug it and pack it back up back to their places. So, um, you know, I don't know. Each con is different and it kind of depends on how well they did on the earlier days. But usually Sunday can be very, very meaningful deals, both from back issues to, uh, to, you know, spin diving to, to toys and souvenirs for your kids. It's definitely worth, worth waiting for. Um, you know, in terms of, uh, of, of artist alley, I know that could be a very overwhelming thing for people. Um, first of all, everybody that's in artist alley is there to interact with people. So, um, while I can't say that there aren't a few people that you may try and approach, they're going to be unapproachable. You should presume that for the most part, people want to be approached. That's what they're there for. And they want to chat you up. Um, you know, one pet peeve of, I know all of ours is, if you're going to bring books to sign, have a little courtesy. Like, don't bring 50 books for one person to sign. And look, every artist is, uh, every creator is different. Some creators have absolutely no issue with that. But I think it's just, I just think it's rude. Like, I think it's massively rude. So. I, I do too. Yeah. You know, bring a few things that mean something to you and, and have them sign it and they'll be happy to do so. And one of the things I think that we've seen a lot of artists and writers do in the last few years, which I love, is they'll sign, you know, one, two, maybe five things for you gratis. But beyond that, you have to donate to like a jar for Hero Initiative or something, which I love. So that if you are going to sit there and have them write, uh, sign 25 books, you're at least putting money into a good cause, which is great. Um, it never hurts to ask someone, like if you want something. So a lot of artists, especially these days, have much of their drawing that they're planning on doing already pre-set up. And the reason for that is mainly cost certainty. You know, for most of these guys, it costs a decent amount of money to come to a con and they want to be able to know that they're going to at least cover their nut, but it can't hurt if you're at the show, even for a day and you really want a drawing. Um, it can't hurt to ask. I mean, the worst thing is they're going to say, no, I'm sorry. My list is full. 
but you know, depending on the circumstance, especially if you're charming or if maybe you're, you know, you're, you're there with, you know, if it's, if it's for your, your kid, if you're, you know, a younger person or maybe if you're a hot chick, who knows, but, but there's always the chance, right? You can't, you can't, it's worth asking because like I said, they, if they say no, they say no. Um, also don't be afraid to like, you can haggle. Yeah, you can haggle for sure. But like, you have to be careful in what you haggle about, right? Like, uh, like, but be respectful. Yeah, I was going to say, seen, I think I've, it's unreasonable. Like, if, if, let's say someone's selling their own book, a creator own book, and you ask how much it is, and they say it's 20 bucks, uh, I, personally, I think it's rude to then say, I'll give you 10. Like, I think that's, yes. that's yes. rude. And, and again, m- never say never. Maybe some would do that, especially on a Sunday. That's just very disrespectful. But if it's, if it's, you know, 20 and you say, awesome, could I have a little head sketch in it? Or, uh, how about, you know, how about, the book and, you know, this postcard or the sticker for 25. You know, I think like when you're looking to buy more than one thing, you're more likely to, to get a deal done, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think it's more reasonable. Also, um, like in terms of people that maybe are looking to buy prints or art, I would say that you're far more likely to be able to negotiate some discount on art if it's being sold directly by the artist. Most dealers, are not going to be looking to cut you a deal um, unless you're a spending a lot of money or b you've bought from them before. Mm-hmm. So, but again, I think you're not going to insult a dealer though. Like they're used to being offered lowball things. So if you're at a dealer and you offer them pages four hundred bucks and you say I'll give you two hundred, they're not going to be insulted by that. I mean, they may say they'll say no, but they won't be insulted by it. So kind of like know your audience, you know. Um, beware of the cosplay in the sense that especially on Saturday, which is always the most crowded day of the con, there's going to be a lot of, of crowds. It's going to be hard to walk through certain parts of the show. And generally that's because people will be wearing costumes and it's totally cool. I mean, that's part of the whole, um, scene, you know, but sometimes the cosplayers will stop dead in their tracks so that people can take their picture usually in an access way. Yeah. And again, like I, I used to be like militant about this. I, I get it. Like I'm not, I'm not as much of a hater on the concept as I used to be, but I also think you shouldn't be afraid to say politely, excuse me, I need to get by because the cosplayers themselves should be, especially those that are experienced should be sensitive enough to try and pick the wider, more spacious areas where there's walkthrough space. You know, I photobomb all the time. I walk right, I'll walk right through the shot. Yeah. I don't care. Um, I, I love the cosplay. I think those people are very brave. They're awesome, very talented, creative. But if you are going to block a, a, a passageway where, where, you know, most people, uh, an area where most people use to get from one place to another place, a designated traffic area, and you're blocking it, you've lost any kind of, um, you know, uh, resp- I don't know. I don't want to say respect, right. but but um, I, I I would throw you a bone if you were towards the side. Like, hey, this is awesome. Go, you, you do you. But if you're blocking traffic, no, you don't do you. Do you somewhere else? You know? Yeah. It just it just. But and I have a favor to ask of you guys. You you have to be my my vinyl police. Really? Yes. Nice. Do do not let me buy any vinyl unless. Now, there, there, are, there are certain things that I, I, I must buy. And you'll know it. You'll see it on my face. But am I, if you see me just like, 
if if I'm struggling, I don't really want it. I don't right. really need it, mm-hmm. right? If if Skinner's, I don't know if Skinner's going to be there. If Skinner is there and he has a vinyl, I'm buying. Nice. So suck it. Um, um, depending on, and again, this is there's more for well, there's more. <laughs> there, there's more. It's not just Skinner. Like if 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 Realhead, if there's a Mori piece that I really love, I'm gonna buy it. Uh, I'm looking for a Rotten Rex by James Groman, especially one that's really nicely painted. I'm gonna buy that. Um, Pico Pico, I'll buy that. But it, just don't let me buy any vinyl unless the you ones just gave I mentioned. Four that you're allowed to buy. So yeah, I'm allowed to buy those. Okay. Um, I was gonna say is a lot of cons we, especially like New York Comic Con or Heroes, we would recommend that you eat before the show and then leave the con to eat. Yeah, but at McCormick, I don't think that's as viable because uh, it's pretty much out of the way. Yeah. Just plan ahead. Well, Put right. a box no, of granola exactly. bars. Grab a meal bar. You know, buy something like a wrap or you know, you know something and bring it in your bag. Just recognize that the food at the con is going to be what it is, which is going to be like stadium food. It's going to be you know a nine dollar burger. You know, yeah. a, a, it's going to be a, a five dollar hot dog. You know, four dollar soda, which again is fine. I mean, if that's it's it's for a lot of people it's a vacation it's an escape more power to you but if if you're looking to get bang for your buck for food especially at a place like Chicago which has just amazing places to eat hot dogs um, but either go before or plan around that like this is not the kind of con where you can just jet away at lunch and then come back right. um, unless you're gonna hop in an Uber um, yeah and if you're gonna bring a wrap keep the ranch dressing out of it. For Nobody sure. wants to smell your shitty ass ranch. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, Seriously, how could you eat that? Another thing, like, is is if you're gonna wait in line or you see an artist or a creator and you want to talk to them, uh, like, be ready to engage them in conversation. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's nothing more awkward than, especially if you're waiting in line and the person in front of you standing there and they're either getting the person to sign their books or they're getting them to do a sketch and. They're literally just standing there like in dead silence, like, like waiting for it to be over. It's just awkward for everybody. I mean, just, just, yeah. just be conversant. I mean, again, like this is your opportunity to interact with creators you presumably adore enough that you want something from them. So like I would think you have something you want to talk to them about. Um, I think the interaction is more difficult depending on the, the stardom of the target. Like I, I can talk to anyone, but I can remember being seriously tongue tied in the presence of a number of individuals, like John Byrne back in the day. Sure. Uh, Matt Wagner. I had no idea what to say to Matt Wagner. I was just like, and then we, but see, look how far you've come. Then we had him on the show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I, I mean, and I realize that some of this is a person maybe shy and that's, that's fine. But, but in general, you know, we're all adults and like one should be conversant. I think it makes the whole thing a little bit, a little better for everybody. It's true and it's obvious, but. Seriously, if I get in the presence of Todd McFarlane, I'm 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 gonna have no idea well, what I'll to say to that. Sh- I'll be doing shots with him. <laughs> but like like um, Eric Larson, we we've we've talked to oh, Larson yeah. at length. Rob Liefeld, Todd. There's a reason why his name r- rhymes with God. Oh boy, I'm supposed to give me advice uh, here, Vince. Not uh, instantiating. I, I uh, don't instantiating phobias, but uh, <laughs> seriously. Also, um, if there's anything that's more frustrating, it's like when we'll have con, it'll be great. We'll be doing the recap episode. And then in the recap episode forum conversations, you'll see, Oh, I saw you guys a couple times at the show, but I, I didn't come up and say hi. Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah, that. Bullshit. Like, listen, I mean, 
we haven't been to Chicago in three years. We, I don't know when we'll be back next. We may be back next year. It may be two, three. We don't know. So if you're in that area, and I mean, we we love to meet people, especially people that we've had internet dialogue with for years. So mm-hmm. like if you if you see us, I mean, by all means, there's no excuse not to say hi. Like it really, especially yeah, you know, especially if you got blonde hair and blue eyes, huh. you come come up to me. But no, I may look like a son of anarchy, but I don't act like one. That is true. So you are one. Where not, your looks are very deceiving. Do not let my appearance sway you. Yeah, maybe. Also, if you see a relatively well-built creator, don't tell That's them that damn. they're jacked. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It can be an awkward experience. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the monkey juice, dude. <laughs> look at that. Really? Oh, Who knew that's what it meant? Well, you may have known, but I didn't know that's what it meant. I had meant no to... idea. I wouldn't have said it. Yeah, you're Jack, dude. What? <laughs> Goodness. Oh, I could break you like a like a like a popsicle stick. Refunculus. Yeah, we have we we have a lot. Oh, of a couple other oh. things. Like have reference handy. Like if you want someone to draw a character, I mean, don't presume that they know how to draw yeah. that character because again, even like. A lot of people presume that like anybody knows how to draw Spider-Man or Batman or Wonder Woman, but it's not true, actually. I mean, um, you know, an indie creator or someone that maybe you're reading their image book and you really love, they may not be into superhero comics at all. Not, right. Not only that, but if you're sitting at a table drawing for eight hours, fatigue starts mm-hmm. to set in and, and the brain doesn't. The synapses don't fire as quickly as they did when you plopped your ass down in that chair at nine o'clock or whatever, eleven o'clock or whatever time the con opens. So reference will do you well because you're spending money. You're paying for an illustration. You're actually reinforcing your investment by having the materials handy that the artist yes. can use to produce a good piece of art for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, expert level tip here. Don't. Succumb to the following. You go up to an artist on Friday. You ask them to draw for you. They take your book, page, whatever, or say yes. You check back in with them later in the day, and they say, oh, are you going to be here all weekend? Now, being the honest person that you are, you're probably apt to say, yeah, sure. Don't do that. Why? Because they're essentially telling you, I took too many commissions. I don't know if I'm going to finish them all. So do I have permission to push you to the back? And... While not every artist is like this, I can tell you from very painful personal experience when I was first getting into the art game, if you answer that question in the affirmative and you don't have a personal relationship with that artist, it dramatically increases the chances that they don't finish your commission by the time you're leaving the con. And they're going to do something like asking you to mail it, which gets a whole nother level of frustration and stress. So, um, if you're not, if you're so up, if you're, if you're, the kind of person that absolutely refuses to lie and they ask you on Friday, are you going to be there all weekend? You say, I'm just not sure yet. And you just reiterate, but you know, I will be here the rest of the day or, you know, maybe we can, you can have it for me in the morning and uh, you just, just keep the onus of making you, you making sure you are in maintain your spot in their queue because right. uh, you're much more likely to get a piece on time and as planned that way. I'm, I'm hoping to get a piece, but what Jason is, is, traipsing around here is there's basically two types of artists there's ones with very good work ethics 
who are usually more often than not very busy because of their work ethic and, and they, they take on more work than they can possibly handle. And there's the second type of artist that are lazy and will take your money, but they will not produce on time for whatever reason. Sure. They're, they're, you know, so, and, and I, I don't think I, I'm, I'm, um, being too extravagant in my commentary here. There are a lot of lazy artists. There's as many lazy ones well, as there are ones with great work ethic. I, I mean, they're just people. And I would say it's not even in many cases, I gotta be fair here. It's not so much even that a lot of them are lazy. It's just that they have to cover their expenses. They are optimistic. They take a number of orders they think are reasonable. And then life happens, whether it be that a lot of these guys are trying to network and get their next gig. Uh, there is some socialization going. They often are stopping many times in the course of the day to say hello to other fans, side books, uh, that sort of thing. And time just runs uh, away from you, you know? So, um, it's the ones with the really honed work ethic that will not go to the after con party. Well, you're right, but we'll go back to the room and do their work. Most of the people that are going to hear this though, they're going to have no idea in advance of who, who fits that bill, right? Oh, of course not. No, but it's all trial and error. You live and learn, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I think your your advice is the best. Do not tell them that you're going to be there all weekend. Oh man, no, I got to catch a train at the end of the day. So yeah, and with that as well, don't be afraid to if if you pre if you pay up front, which some artists want you to pay up front, some don't. Um, I'm I prefer not to pay up front for the same reason because they're more inclined to get the work done if if they need need to get it done to get the cash. But if you pay up front and it's getting to the point of the show where you're needing to leave and they haven't done your piece, do not be afraid to ask for your money back. 99% of them will do that without hesitation, but they're not going to offer it in many cases. They're going to rather hold your money and say, I'll mail you the piece. And again, it's a roll of dice. I have had a couple occasions where a piece wasn't finished on time and I have reluctantly agreed to have it be mailed to me and it's worked out quite fine. And I've had other times where it's been an absolute disaster. So I strongly avoid that now. Like I almost under no, I mean, in the last three or four years, I have allowed one person to not complete the commission that weekend and get it to me. And that was an artist I had already bought from prior through a dealer who I'd bought a lot of work from. And I knew that the dealer would stay on them. Um, so yeah, the other thing too is, um, you know, there's lots of ways to skin the collectible game. Like, um, don't be afraid to, if you're walking through Artist Alley and you see a, a print or a commission or a drawing on someone's table that appeals to you aesthetically, even if you've never heard of the person, like, don't be afraid to let, to, to maybe get something from that person. Cause the person that you've never heard of today, but you just like their aesthetics are A, still going to do a great piece for you. Two, it's probably going to be less expensive because if you haven't heard of them, they're probably not as big of a household name yet. And three, there's a good chance if, they're a talented artist and they appeal to you enough that you get something from them. They could be a huge name a year or two later. You don't even know. And their prices yep. could be dramatically higher. I, I could, I, I can't tell people how many artists I have on my jam pieces and whatnot that were almost unrecognizable to the general comics reading public at the time. And then within a year or two are major, major names. And it's not like I was prospecting. Like I just said, Oh, these guys are going to be huge at some point. It just works out that way. And you know, you know, it's not, uh, but but ultimately, as long as you like the artwork style and you like the piece, who cares if they ever become more than what they are at the moment? 
so yeah, um, I don't know what else. I guess we, we haven't talked about um, uh, like uh, like panels. Um, panels can be fun. Yeah, I mean, th- there's uh, so many different types of panels. I mean, per- again, personally, I think the the panels that are uh, like the main panels by the publishers themselves, not as into those, and 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 mainly because I think in today's internet age, you're not going to get anything from those panels that you're not going to get online within minutes yeah. thereafter. So it's like a news release, but like the panels where it's focusing on a creator or on a series or a TV show or a movie that you really love, those can be a lot of fun because you're getting a chance to interact and ask questions and hear dialogue from people that you otherwise just wouldn't hear from. So, um, but yeah, they're just, there's a, a wonderful array of panels that I think get ignored sometimes. And we've participated in some, we've done podcasting panels and Kickstarter panels and all sorts of things and trivia panels. They can be fun. So it's definitely, it helps you if you want to take a load off, if you're tired of standing, go and hit a panel or two and rest up. Yeah. I, I don't think we go to enough panels. You know, it's true. I always think it's be fun to go to more panels and that just never happens. If only just to kick back and, and sit down for an hour yeah. or so. Yeah. And, and again, I would, I would much rather like to, uh, populate the independent panels and you know the marvel and dc you're you're right you're going to see that stuff pop up probably during the panel yeah because people people are going to be tweeting or, or doing their whatever the blog thing but the independent panels they're, they're not really as as well attended well they're not nearly as well attended as the marvel and dc ones so if you have a favorite indie creator you will get a deep insight into you know, their, 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 their characters, their creative process. It, it, it's, it's almost like a one-on-one yes. at the indie panel. So yeah, you should really, really go because, and these people need support too. Uh, if, you, if you love them, go see them. Yeah, for sure. Also, um, it, oh, I don't want to say never, but it's very rare in today's day and age that you're going to get a legitimate deal on collectible back issues at a con. Slab, do you mean? Slap, yeah, more mo, right. When Vince says slap for people that don't know, we mean like CGC or they're in those plastic cases and graded. Most, again, higher end back issues these days are slabbed. Um, but even unslabbed ones, it's, it's, uh, it used to be years ago it was, it was like a glorified flea market. You go to a con and a guy would have an issue that you maybe were searching for, whether it be a reader copy or a high grade copy. And you could, you could make a deal because there was a, uh, a, a bid ask disconnect. There was, he had the issue. He's looking for someone that wants to buy it. You had been searching for the issue. You come up with a price, you do it. And and I can't say that that doesn't exist anymore, but for the most part, the market is so highly efficient that essentially most of the prices at a con uh, are jacked up. They're more than you could get them very easily online for. And they're essentially just trying to capitalize on the, um, the momentum and excitement of being at a con. Like they're basically Impulse. trying to get... You know, the guy that's there with his son who really wants Spider-Man's first appearance and has deep pockets to go and spend, you know, an extra few thousand dollars on that book than he should, right? Um, now again, if you're savvy and you're a collector, this is all not, this is moot for you because you're going to go in knowing exactly what the issue you're looking for is worth in what grade. And then you can actually talk turkey. I mean, dealers will quickly suss out whether you're an experienced buyer or not by the way you approach them. You know, if you ask for a specific issue, and you immediately comment to them about the grade and how much you're, and you offer them a price that they know is closer to the market value, you're much more likely to have them begin a real dialogue with you and give you a fair deal. But 
you just go up and see a price, you can presume that the price they're asking is inflated relative to the market value. It's true. And that's not the same for bin diving, where you got like, you know, just racks and racks of 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 more modern stuff or or less collectible stuff where it's just, you know, thousands upon thousands of issues and it's like five for a dollar or, you know, twenty five for, for ten bucks, whatever. Though there you can, you know, those you can find some pretty cool stuff in if you're willing to put the time in. There's you know me and back issues. Um, the cheaper the better, right? I think there's one silvery, well, no, it's a Bronze Age book, um, that I would love to, to own and I don't. And, um, what is Adventure into Fear? I don't have the first appearance of Howard the Duck. I have it in the, in the, uh, the Omnibus. But I don't have the uh, the original printed issue, and I think it's Adventure into Fear. Um, was it twelve or eleven? First Howard the Duck. No, can't be that. It's it's uh, nineteen, maybe. I don't know. I don't even know what issue it is because I never even considered buying it. But if if I find it. It cheap, which is like ridiculous. I'm not going to find it cheap now. I would consider buying that. Uh, Adventure to Fear number nineteen. It's nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's that go for? Roughly. Good question. My friend. I'm I'm not talking slabbed. Like I would be I would be happy with a VG with a fine copy of that. Um, a slabbed nine point is one hundred and fifteen bucks at uh, my comic shop. Yeah, that's my usually my. Oh wait, no, no, book. sorry. That's actually that. It, I clicked on the link, but it brought me to a different book. That's actually Howard the Duck number one. So hold on, sorry. Hold on. It's great radio. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not even radio. <laughs> uh, you can get a reader copy for like sixty, seventy bucks, Vince. A reader copy that means good. Yeah, yeah, fair to good, very good. Uh, see, I don't want good. a good. Yeah, I would. I I I would be able to sleep. I mean, I sleep now, but I would be pleased with a VG copy. Yeah, here's a VG fine copy on slab for 70 bucks. And see, it's nuts because I have, and actually, there's a reason why I bring this up because in my, in your travels, I read a couple issues of Adventure into Fear for this week, but I have the whole run of Adventure into Fear except issue 19. There we go. Daps quiet as a mouse to start talking con tips. Yeah. He doesn't want to help out the folk. Because you guys pretty much said it all. No, we didn't. There's dapisms that I'm sure you've What about batteries? You need to have extra, have a, have a Mophie or something with you? Cause you're You gotta have car. your external battery. Don't, don't bank on, uh, great service. Even though it's Chicago doesn't yep. mean, uh, the building or your carrier works well in that area. Um, you got to have the battery. Grab a, grab a program. So at least you have the map of the con. If, if you're going with a group, that's great. Um, not only grab the program for a map of the con, but if you just happen to run into one of the featured guests, say in the men's room 
or in a hallway. Well, streams of them. Dude, no, dude. Hey, man, can I have your? Can you sign this for right. me? That'd be great. Like, why not? The programs are free. Nobody. Well, okay, I won't say nobody. The average person does not like dragging, you know, pound upon pound of of, of books to a convention just to have them signed to bring them home. You, here you go. You have a free thing that you could take and get signed and bring it back, and that's a commemorative. It commemorates, you know, your your appearance at that. Con- like, why not? Good, good, good uh, tip tap. <laughs> Way to go! No, really, because I'm thinking of that first C2E2 with the com yeah. pro. Yeah, that 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 was just signed out the wazoo. Yep. Uh, there are. Uh, it's it's fun with. I think it's more fun with a group, but by all means, you can definitely. Um, have a grand old time if you are, and and you get to take it all in on your own time. With a group, you might be able to. People have to be at certain places. I, I know once once we know where everything is, it's very easy to navigate. And if if Jason has a jam piece here, I know we have to get over there, and we can. It, there's just so with a group, things are a little bit more. Um, on course, you're gonna you're gonna hit your goals, I think. But if you uh, if you're just if you're flying solo, then there is absolutely nothing. I mean, it's it's a lot of. I mean, and there are times where we will actually split up, and, and it happens at Heroes too, and and we'll just walk around and see and and you'll see things that you wouldn't normally see with your when you're with a group because you're focused in everything that uh, that your pals are doing. But it's it's um. I think we'll be splitting up Friday. Well, we'll meet back when we when we gotta meet Phil, but the uh <laughs> there, I know you laugh while, while Jake while Jay while Jason's doing his do. It's the Go do you, you do you, boo. I have somewhat of a game plan. I, I, I had an idea today that, that that I talked to the guys about that might be implemented. Uh, but I think just kind of checking out the back issue bins, uh, seeing people who we don't get to see too often. I, they're just, uh, for me, the, the convention is fun and, and great, but it's, it's about the, it's about the people I'm going to see this weekend. But as far as, as con tips, the guy said it, wash your ass. Bring some granola bars and, uh, and, and be prepared. Wear comfortable shoes. And I, it's, it's, it is, it's, a lot of it is, you know, listen, this is what you can do at a convention, but then there are just some, some, uh, some good pointers and, and, and facts of light type tips that, that will also make the weekend go a little more, more smooth. Um, McCormick is a huge, massive, it's the largest place. convention center in the country. So, you know, it's, we we've been to conventions that are extremely cramped. And one thing I've always enjoyed about C2E2 are the wide aisles and, and just the, the room you have to get around in. It's, it's, uh, and seriously, it's, it's a fun time. You, you've heard us. Talk about how to prepare and what to do at a con in the past. It, it, this is more of the same, but it's 
nothing's really changed from when we started going. So, uh, well, I do have one regret this year. Regret what? Stringer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're not, we are not, we're not coming home with tattoos this year. No. That's true. And that's been the ritual. Every Chicago con we go to, well, every C2E2 we go to. Every C2E2. We come home with ink. Yeah. There's, there's one year I think each of us have not, but yeah. So. Um, is he going? Will we, will we run into him? I don't know. Oh, okay. Damn. Yeah. Bry. It'll be a great city though, that con. Yes, I, I think, I think I'm gonna go to that just to get more ink. Because we trust him. Because he's that good. He's the DCB service of, of tattooing. Huh. Nice. Yep. See what I did there? I did see what you did there. Do we have to end this? We're yes, two and a half hours. There's lots to do in prep of this trip. Yes. I, you guys working gotta, tomorrow or no? Yes, yes I gotta work tomorrow. Me too. Me and too. It's, my, work tomorrow. it's my oldest son's 13th birthday. Shout yeah. out to Alright, so I'll only, I'll only, yeah, happy birthday. I'll only take 15 minutes on my union. And I, 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 I thought, I, I thought maybe you guys were having dinner with Vince's kids, Jason, when you said how, what time you'd be home tomorrow night. Cause well, that's, listen, I mean, that's a late day. I mean, I know he's 13. It's, it's a night out. It's, oh, well, you know, got to, I, get to Manhattan, had the dinner, had the uh, dessert. Which is why I think we're going to get home. I got, I, 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 Got some laundry to do. I'm gonna have dinner with my wife, and uh, maybe we'll watch an episode of Bosch before cool. I head over to Jersey. But yeah, so right. it's a good life if you don't weaken. It could be. That's right. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, please solicit our sponsor because if you like buying comic books, and who listening to this doesn't, you are going to get them for the absolute lowest price possible at DCBService.com. Did I say it? I'll say it again dcbservice.com the specials for this month the ones i've picked for your uh perusal what is um from dc we got future quest really looking forward to this book jeff parker evan doc shaner 399 cover price your price 199 clayton crane and matt kent serve up the rye it is a very distinctive looking book unique actually uh deluxe hardcover volume one 12 issues and bonus stuff $40 cover price. Ha ha ha. Your price. $19.99. And tank girl. Two girls, one tank. Uh, cover price $3.99. Your price. $2.19. In your travels. In my last DCB service box, I received what will undoubtedly be the graphic novel of the year. Hands down. Unless Josh Bayer puts out something before our 11 o'clockers, this will take my graphic novel of the year award. Um, it's a bit of a cheat because it was done in installments on the uh, Picture Box blog. Uh, thankfully collected here by Drawn and Quarterly. $22.95 cover price. You can get it a lot less from our sponsor in stock trades. It's Puke Force by Brian Chippendale. And it is... It's a revelation. Every mark this man makes is totally unique, totally totally idiosyncratic. No one draws like Brian Chippendale. No one plays drums like Brian Chippendale, but let's not go there. Um, uh, he comes from the Hedda Uma school, the bad good art style, 
where he just makes the marks he wants to make and it just it it, it it's it's godlike uh puke force has to do with um the effect of social media on this um this uh future civilization everybody has well not everybody there are some holdouts most people have a a, a phone physically implanted into their brains um there are terrorists terrorist acts that destroy a coffee house and um Chippendale goes back and shows you the conversations between some of the pati- the, the the patrons that lost their lives in the blast um one woman was pregnant and when the bomb blows off the baby is like ripped from her belly and you see it flying across the the thing and later on the baby pops up in in the narrative uh the man who was the father of the baby is 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 saddened at the loss of not only his his female companion but the baby and he's crying and the dude said some dude walks up to him and says you know you just got to j- get out of jail free card and he goes like i just got to j- get out of jail free card um it's it's there's i don't know why chippendale resonates with me so strongly uh there's a there's a pulse to his work that i seem to be very much in tune with um i like dirty i like gritty i like guys that just throw it down heedless to any kind of perception on the part of the viewer like screw you this is what i want to do if you don't get it you don't get it i don't care move on go to something you do get but this is the way i want to craft my visual language and and i'm just going to do it um something that would probably drive dap absolutely crazy you don't read chippendale comics the way you read normal comics you read them and 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 this is like this is straight from the horse's mouth you read them like a snake you read them shoots and ladders style you read them um crazy like a maze like a bent coat hanger you read right to left then you you read left to right then you read right to left then you read left to right and sometimes that changes like he'll switch it up on you he doesn't care about the 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 normal flow of sequential art he does it the way he wants to do it there there may not be a rhyme or reason to it but it's the way he does it this is the way chippendale speaks on paper and he just he clicks with me i love his stuff i i would love to be able to emulate this style but i'm too self-conscious i i haven't been able to to shed that man people are going to think if i do this people are going to think that i can't draw or i don't have a command of the anatomy or i don't know composition or 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 a million different things chippendale doesn't care you you need to shed that fear and Chip, chippendale has has like a snake the way you read his comics he has shed that 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 fear and and i want to get there and i love his i love him not only because of that but because he makes great comics so go and get puke force. It's a hardcover. It's black and white. It's beautiful. If, uh, Hedda Uma, bad good style is your interpretation of beautiful. It is mine. And, and I love this thing. Aw. Yeah. Graphic novel of the damn year, David. Wow. It's only March. <laughs> you better write it down. You're going to forget. No. Come, Josh, I'm, I'm not, remember when Jason sends out the spreadsheet, you're going to be like, oh, fuck. What's my OGM? Right. No, uh, Josh will release something and I'll have to struggle with my decision. 
You poor, poor man. It's a good problem to have. It is. Uh, in your travels, this is the, uh, the third issue of four. I do believe it's a four issue miniseries. This is Snowblind, written by Ollie Masters, illustrated by Tyler Jenkins, uh, lettered by Colin Bell. This is, uh, the, The story of Teddy and his family who Teddy didn't know that they were in witness protection, but they are. Uh, Teddy made the mistake of taking a picture of his father, put it online. The picture went viral and the person who is after was after Teddy's family that brought them to witness protection found out that the family was still alive and uh, was going to finish what he has started. Teddy goes to take some matters into his own hands and, and, uh, is basically trying to solve the mystery of, of who his family is, what they, what they did before they moved to Alaska. Uh, he, I just said boom book, isn't it? It's boom book, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the arts, the arts funky. It's quirky. I, I think it fits the story. Uh, feels very watercolory at times. It looks, the, the colors are kind of popping too, but the, when I think it's going in one direction, it goes in another. Uh, Teddy's not exactly the most stealthful sleuth as he's trying to, he finds out that his father had a twin, so he's taking he's taking the picture of his father and his uncle, who he has never met, folding it in half, and he's like going to like the local bar, and he's like, "Have you seen this guy?" And it's like, "Oh yeah, that's this guy who owns. Isn't that your dad?" And it's like, "Oh well, he's got to go on to someone else." So, and now of course the town is talking, like you know, Teddy's walking around with this picture of his dad, asking people if he knows who it is, what's up with Teddy. Uh, Teddy gets caught and the third issue is, is dealing with, with the ramifications of, uh, an altercation, uh, that Teddy was involved in, uh, mom and dad are going to go up to the cabin so they can kind of get away from this mess. And now I am just looking forward to the next issue. It's, it was just one of those books where I'm like, I don't know what to expect. I don't know what it's about. It's not like anything else I'm reading and enjoying right now. So let's, let's give it a whirl. And, uh, after three issues, I am still, still digging it. So that's with everything else we talked about tonight. Uh, yeah, I figured I'd go back to Snowblind. Cool. Nice. I thought it was part of that Chuck Dixon thing. Um, you just got to bring up Chuck Dixon every week, don't you? <laughs> it's like your friend Van Lee. No, no. Remember back in the Eclipse days, Chuck Dixon did that Winter World. Yeah, of course, thing. with Jorge Zafino. Yeah, that's what I was thought. I thought it was part of that. But uh, in, until whose son you know, is the one drawing Karnak? Yes. Uh, let's see. Which I I think the Winter World thing was wasn't it originally conceived by Tim Truman? Hmm. I don't know. I don't remember that. Huh. I got to research that. I don't think so. You get your research or not. It's just Eclipse and Tim Truman that kind of 
you know. So do you think Chris Revikant now gets like confused with Revenant? Revikant after the movie? <laughs> the movie? <laughs> I, I just I, run up to him, him and make bear sounds. I've seen him walk very quickly past bears. Yeah. I bring Which him up because uh, sense. in your travels, thanks to him, if you're in the Chicago area on Friday, you should make your way to the Lincoln Station uh, after the con is wrapped up because you will find yours truly's there along with a bunch of fellow EOC community members. We'll be having a grand old time, having cocktails and catching up on life, the universe, and everything. Aww. Uh, also, uh, I'm not going to recommend another comic. I am going to say that in the very little downtime you're going to have this weekend, please try and find some time to start watching the second season of Daredevil, which yep. launches on Netflix this Friday. Cannot wait. It seems like yesterday we were watching that first season. For real. Whew. Tom, yeah, truth. time has has really flown by. Yep. And uh, Luke Cage comes out in September. Yes. No kidding. Yep. Yes, sir. Huh. That's not right. They're, uh, so I, I didn't really pay attention. Uh, typical sure. uh, of the online... Uh, Fuhrer that, that cropped up over the casting for Iron Fist. Right. What was the deal with that? Like, why were people oh, pissed you off? really get into that? No, no, we no, don't. No, I we just, don't. I just don't know why. Why, why were they all? For some reason, because we live in, uh, uh, absolutely mutated PC world. Yeah. The fact that they cast a white blonde dude to play, play a, a character dude. that's been white and blonde for 40 years is now considered a racial affront to diversity. They, they wanted it to, because of, of how some people feel, why they feel Danny Rand was created, having this outsider, this white haired, this blonde, white, blue eyed dude come to the mystical city of Kayon Lund and learn martial arts that and be better than everybody been, else. Right. And, and this would have been the perfect time, a great opportunity to, instead of, whitewashing a white character to uh, make him uh, Asian. So, because that wouldn't be racist at all. And and therefore, um, I, 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 am I missing something? No, you're not. You're not. No. Danny, it's, Rand's, it's, Danny Rand's not Asian. No, he isn't. No, it's, he isn't. It's, he isn't. It's, you're it's right. Ridiculous. No, we'll, we'll talk about this weekend, but it's, it's nonsense. It's ridiculous. I'm not, okay. I, I'm not, I'm not dismissing people's feelings on it, but it, it's of all the, of 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 all the reasons to pick up torches and, and stand your ground, this is not the one. That's, yeah, so that's I, I was right in not paying attention. White, yeah. right, totally. Whitewashing is a real thing. Uh, understand, especially what went on at the Oscars this year in Hollywood. I mean, all that's very legitimate. But like, there are so many legitimate reasons to be upset about that sort of phenomena. That casting a white blonde dude for, to play a white blonde character isn't it? <laughs> like, that's not it. Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't get it. All right. Justified. Cool. All right, everybody. We, we really, really hope we see you this weekend in some shape or form. If, if you're at the con, please come up to us. Let's hang for a little while. Have some fun. Um, if you're not at the con, suck it. We're going to, we're, no, no, don't suck it. (laughs) 
we're going to have a couple of surprises for you when we return. Vince uh, might actually get an intro for the first time in like three years. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's not even funny. At this point. <laughs> Edap and I got what, 60 at the Heroes, I think? Yeah, oh, okay. After I shamed you, how many did you get before that? How many have you gotten since uh, we've been uh, shaming you? None. Uh, exactly. None. Exactly. Wait, I mean, you've averaged 30 per heroes. You've averaged yeah, in aggregate. many per heroes? In aggregate. <laughs> I got a shit ton that first. When you New discovered that you had a phone that could record things, you did get that one yes. cup. I did. I, I did. We got to get Rich Buckler again. Pouring out for our boy Roland as well, who is going to be joining us <laughs> and uh, and camp this weekend. So. Uh, that was funny. Rich Buckler, who the fuck are you? <laughs> I'm not talking into your magic box. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Rich. You're going to take my soul. You know, and, and to think I stuck up for him. You should have. I no because and I will continue to stick up yes. for him because I think Rich Buckler nice. is a gr- was is a great artist, but um we had a speaker, uh, I won't mention names, but he's generally regarded as a comic book historian who wears a cape to his spe- speaking engagements, and he was shitting on Rich Buckler, and I'm like, dude, Buckler was fantastic. Uh-huh. There's really nothing to be ashamed of in Buckler's work. I mean, he was a very capable draftsman, and he still is. I think Buckler's was a quality, yeah, quality artist. I'll go on record in saying Buckler's Fantastic Four covers can hold their own with Kirby's. I'm not saying they're as good as Jack's. No shame in them. No, dude. I think it took a little too far, but uh, come on, Buckler's covers were great. No, well, again, I, I. I, I'm with you. I think Buckler's a quality artist, but you you brought it to the Kirby level. I mean, I said I said hold their own. I didn't say Eclipse. No, there's no shame in in in. They could exist side by side. Uh, in 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 right harmony. Down to the right. Yeah. They're like still up there though. Yeah, of course. Now, okay, what if I said Greg Land's covers could? Well, come on, ex- son. See, that's, that's what I'm talking about. They could never. Exist. Oh man, we should have done a top ten Fantastic Four artists riff. Ah, uh, there's many, many great Fantastic Four. I know Four. that's what I'm saying. Why don't we do we the, should do we some say, top tens this weekend? That's what I, I got. I got the, 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 hey. some like some okay. yeah, some like guest fill-ins or whatever. The, the, yeah, I have an Android. It can record audio like crazy. Oh man. No, well, I have I have a Zoom with Jason's 32 gig SD card in it. So. Oh my bad. Watch out. Four, Back four, up. Four. Beep, beep, beep. Well, I don't want your phone to lock up, Vince. It does. <laughs> I want to make sure you know after you're done recording, you might be able to take a photo or something. So yeah, like, it does you, lock up. Ever. Vince, you're gonna try and multitask, and ice cream's gonna crash. <laughs> the one thing it does that drives me crazy is the camera will spontaneously come on. Oh, that's a good feature. Like, what, what is that? For. Yeah, Android. That's. Are you even running Marshmallow yet? Do you even lift, bro? Are you even running Marshmallow, or does it is it still behind on an OS? Do you even lift, bro? <laughs> <laughs> have your fun. Oh have my goodness! <laughs> you mad, bro? Be in person to give you the punches. When the camera turns on, Vince, is it like flash on the screen like Siri? It says, "You mad, bro?" Like, is it? No, it says, "Open the pod bay door." Nice. Does the does the speech recognition ah. voice say like, "Hermagird, <laughs> 
Bruce Paterdish. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Thank you for being Re- here with us. For... Come back next week when we're down to we even live for... <laughs> uh, We love you. We uh, hope you will uh, run into us at the con. We hope you come back next oh week. In, in the meantime, say goodnight. I stuttered a little bit. bit, bit. What's this about karaoke? Are we really honestly considering karaoke? No, that's karaoke is tonight is, is I think maybe tomorrow night for some people. Yeah, it's tomorrow night. I already told Wooder that uh, we're going to be chilling at our crib. There's only one song I would ever consider singing karaoke. Even Flow? No. There's only one thing I, I should say. There's only one thing I can Any handle. Kind of no. Georgia Satellites. Keep your hands to yourself. I would love to sing that. Oh, kind. you and I are going to do it. I would rip that song apart. Oh, we're going to hook it up. Yeah. Do you even know that song? Dude, come on, dude. <laughs> Just asking, you know, because, you know, you're all about the do-do-do with the rap We're already in con form here, folks. Seriously, uh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Oh, fuck it, Doc. I'm bringing, I'm bringing five, I'm bringing five shirts, five pair of pants. Well, in case you treat yourself. Twelve <laughs> pairs of underwear. You better. Just yes. in case. There'll be plenty of peeing. Yeah. Peeing, pooping, whatever. Keep Keeping it high, bro, here. That's another we good con tip, by the way. What? Multiple underwear? No, at, at, uh, at a big convention center like McCormick, if you're willing to meander a bit, you'll likely find a much less crowded, cleaner bathroom. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, and if you're looking Hand for sanitizer, some, grab some do Purell. Trim. I'm just saying. You never know. Oh, you find some trim? Yeah, that's true. No, trim yourself. Oh. Get yourself a... Manscape, you, know, you mean? Yeah, you don't want to be embarrassed. Oh, always got the manscape. Well, that goes without saying, but I'm, you know, like they're coordinates. This is 1972. We got enough ugly. This ain't the Bronze Age. I mean, the Bronze Age is <laughs> bushy down there, but. Bronze Age was what's the best age. Come on. Better than silver. Yes. Oh, comics? It's, yeah. Oh, 100%. Not even close. Sigmund yeah. has his hand up for a dap. It's like, come on, don't leave me hanging. <laughs> Seriously. Like, am I right? Yeah. Am I right? It's like, who feels me? Who's bringing the lotion? Should I bring the lotion? Uh, only lotion? if you put the lotion in the basket. I don't know what that oh means. Oh my what? god, stop. No, we're done. Wait, we what? are done. What does it mean? It's a line, it's a sound of the lambs oh, reference, dude. dude. I'm gonna find a gift for you. Uh, you know, not, not one of my favorite movies. Wait, I fell, what? As, I fell, as, I fell asleep during it. I don't even know you. Just like Thelma. The night Vince was replaced. No, I fell asleep during Thelma and Louise. Right, oh. right, you know, the right yeah, book she gets. And- Academy Award-winning thriller to Thelma and Louise. No, I mean, in hindsight, it's a decent movie, but I don't, like, there weren't any really... The man, you'll, you'll watch The Toxic Avenger 4 like a boss. For real. Any, any trauma movie I'll watch. Terror Firmer, come on, when that, when that porta potty Bye. Wait, no, no, there's no, we didn't do a good night, David. He started to, he stuttered it. You stuttered, but he didn't, he didn't reciprocate. All right, all right, all right. Good night. Oh, we got a horse race. I bet on number five. He could be fapping.
David. <sighs> Good night. Yeah, try that one. You're not going to get it. Guaranteed. You're doing this. Pitter patter. David. Not too long. Not too long. Nope. No. You got it. I'll give it to you. Oh, Jesus Christ. Just because you're pretty. Uh huh. Bye, people. Toodles. Good night. We love you. We'll see you next week. Uh, 48 hours. Yeah, yeah. We'll see you Lots soon. of goodies next week, hopefully. Yes. Well, we'll have a new intro at any rate. The one. The one. The, the one Vince got next weekend. D-Bags. D-Bags. Yep. It's my favorite record. Bye. <laughs> this is how we do it. I'm going to be here and rap all the time. Nice. Yes. All they said was 6'8", he stood, Vince. But people, they thought the music that he made was good. Okay. I believe it. Oh, 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 oh. Ah!